0: Good afternoon or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard for Spike Naz Oltav Cohen. I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom.
1: I like that.
0: <laughs> Nazltav, I have so many more of those to go.
1: Oh, oh man, that's so great! Hey everybody, how are you doing? Tov to you and yours.
2: <laughs> I like that.
1: That is. I like that. That's possibly the best one so far, tov. I am liking yeah. that. How was, was your week? Was,
0: my week was uh my week was good. I've spent the entire week watching a TV show. I won't admit to watching on the air, and um, <laughs> okay, and uh, I quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah. How about you? How was your week?
1: My week has been just one absolute fantasy after the next. I have been making a lot of campaign calls. That's what I do. I'm a professional schmuck in front of a camera now. If I'm not on this show or my show or someone else's show uh, or on some, you know, making some kind of media appearance of some kind, then I am on a Zoom call with delegates, libertarian delegates, or I'm on a Zoom call with just, you know, the, the various state and local affiliates having Zoom calls I am, or I'm making direct calls to delegates and functionaries within the party. I am just, I'm on, I am in front of a lot of people, which is good because my hair looks like I'm an eight-year-old. So that's good. Um, and so it's really good that I look professional. I look like a professional um, uh, eight-year-old child impersonator. And uh, so that's working well for me. And um, I, uh, yeah, I have been doing pretty well. All things considered, I have no complaints uh, whatsoever.
3: That's
0: well. That's good because you know, as as the next vice president of America, you don't have room to complain.
1: Well, that and that's the thing. No one would actually care that I had a complaint. So Uh, there is that too.
0: People are very upset that we are wearing shirts. Um, Oh no! Yeah, sorry guys. Yeah, Uh, sorry. This isn't a campaign call. No, this is if, not a campaign. If
1: this were a campaign call, then you know I'd probably probably do a little something for you. Which is why I mean, you got to
3: vote
0: for me. You have to vote for me. You have to
1: support me uh, for my nomination. You might see a little a little something. I don't know. Get in on one right. of these Zoom or Skype calls. Then uh, you know I don't know what to tell you. Things get a little little saucy there.
0: And uh, Jimmy Brittingham says that he loves my hat. Thank you. Uh, This is actually the Dan Berman original.
1: Dan Berman. In the hizzy. Dan Berman. We will not pander to you on this show, on this libertarian show. We will absolutely not. This is also Dan Berman right here. Yeah,
0: I've got my Dan Berman bracelets on. Dan Berman. Yeah,
1: we we will not.
0: And my Chris Reynolds Law shirt. Pander to you, we
1: shall not. No, uh,
0: we do not pander to people on we, this. Sh- on we will this never,
1: show. we will never pander to That's anyone.
0: True. No pandering
1: to the LGBT or to the stoners. We will not pander. We just refuse to pander. This show is about the hard truth, whether you like it or not. Okay, because facts don't care about your feelings. Uh oh, first and foremost.
0: Oh yeah, first and foremost, allow me to thank. Benjamin Daniel Morris Chestnut, the seven. Morris Chestnut. For the Kava that I am drinking on today's episode.
1: And allow me to thank Le Bleu Omar Epps <laughs> Jackson for the ultra pure drinking water, which I discovered is oxygenated with ozone, BPA free, non carbonated, and kosher. And again, kosher. Wow. Th- yeah, it's kosher water. This water Absolutely. has no pork in it. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> It's not no pork water. Bulovanaka.
0: Bulovanaka. Is it, is it, the, is it uh, uh, gluten-free as well?
1: <laughs> I assume as much, yeah. I assume it's gluten and dairy-free and vegan and Whole30 yeah. compliant and paleo oh, yes. and keto.
0: Yeah, that's that's some strong water you got there. You can
1: have it uh, while you're intermittent fasting even. Mm. I
3: believe
0: I believe that the water that I have here in my non-pandering Chris Reynolds law oh, Chris water bottle is uh, also
3: by the way, free. Sh- Shout out Probably. to Chris
1: Reynolds for giving me a hard time when I was on Be Free with Anthony Welty on, uh, was that last night? Yeah, it was last night uh, on the 27th, which is last night. Uh, he went on there and asked me why I am in favor of socialized presidential debates, which is not what I said, but uh, he made sure to... Make it really difficult when I was actually having a good time. So shout out to Chris. Uh, so this episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Dad Bod Caucus, featuring <laughs> dad some dad caucus. oh Dad Bod Calendar, <laughs> which is which is brought to you by the Dad Bod Caucus, uh, the Libertarian Party Dad Bod Calendar, which features some of the sexiest libertarian men that you. Uh, I mean, listen, just carry this thing around; everyone will stay at least six feet away from you. Uh, There's a picture of me there. That's the good one. We're actually in that month. April is the hashtag month of Spike. Uh, This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing caucus that is related to a restaurant that is shut down until further notice because of the coronavirus. Uh, This episode is also brought to you by the... Waffle
0: House is open for delivery.
1: And also open for delivery. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Coronavention, uh, which is still scheduled uh, for uh, May 21st through the 25th in beautiful Austin, Texas. And there's absolutely no way they will stop us from doing that. This episode, of course, always brought to you by the my governor, Henry McMaster, who is a bitch, but who did reopen the beaches. So re-open. he is mildly less of a bitch right now. So we will give him that. But he is still a bitch. Yes. So thank you for that.
0: So we we have a huge show to today. We have a very
1: long show.
0: Very long show. So for everybody who enjoys hearing our voices. You're welcome. You're welcome. If you enjoy seeing these faces, you are even more welcome.
1: You're even more welcome because it's about to get real. We don't charge
0: extra for this. We don't charge extra to see.
1: I might charge extra. But as of right now, we don't charge extra or anything. Right. So there is that. So speaking of, so anyway, uh, so Jesse Ventura, there's some big news uh, for those uh, of you who may want to vote third party this November, but just don't know who you would want to vote for third party this November. Uh, Jesse Ventura, shown here looking like a mix between Doc Brown and the Crypt Keeper. Uh, announced on Twitter that he he said, okay, I've decided I'm going to test the waters if I were going to run for president. The green party would be my first choice. I've endorsed the party, and I'm testing the waters. Hashtag Monday thoughts. Hashtag Monday morning. Hashtag Monday motivation. Hashtag Monday mood. So this was on Monday that <laughs> <Daddy> he said this. <laughs> he announced this yesterday on Monday. That he is considering running, and then we also have another fantastic human being, Mark Cuban, pictured here, uh, looking at that picture of Jesse Ventura. Uh, stated in an interview with Fox News uh, that he is also considering running as an independent. Uh, he had said famously back in 2017 that he would consider running as an independent, running for president, if he wasn't married. And I don't know if he's married.
0: Is he and married? I don't, man, I don't know. I don't know Mark Cuban's life. I don't know what to tell and you. And as of 10 minutes, 11 minutes ago, Justin Amash. Oh, did he? Yeah.
1: Oh, here we go.
0: Yep. As of 11 minutes ago.
1: 11 minutes ago.
0: Amashforamerica.com. Let's do this.
1: Gosh. So, okay so that so so that, like, that just just happened
0: Yeah, it literally just happened so do you want to make the show longer because everything in here is stuff either I'm really looking forward to talking about or so we can talk about a mash I mean we kind of have to we kind of have to okay so just in a mash as we all know He is a strong voice, probably the strongest voice for liberty in Congress. Probably. However, as a presidential candidate for the LP, he is an awful choice the Libertarian Party continues to do the same thing over and over and over again and get these GOP retreads yep. who haven't done well in their party when they've gone for higher offices. And we're like, oh, this is the one. This is the one that's going to get us the 5%. And Gary Johnson got us
1: 3.25. 3.25 and Bob Barr, I think... Both elections combined got us roughly that amount, and uh, we've been doing this for four cycles where we try to differentiate ourselves as the party of true liberty and rejecting the Republicans and Democrats, and then we prove that we are the party of rejecting the Republicans and Democrats by immediately nominating two Republicans, Republican for president and vice president, to just drive home how not Republican we are. Um, This is a man, Justin Amash, who uh, was basically run out of his own party by Donald Trump. Uh, He then uh, apparently has determined that he's not going to be able to win re-election as an incumbent in his own seat because of Donald Trump, and he is going to make his never-Trumper run using the Libertarian Party apparatus and all the hard work that we've done putting together, getting ballot access, all the stuff he hasn't done. Now, there are some naysayers to Justin Amash who say, but Spike, Justin Amash can't run. He hasn't had any interaction with the Libertarian Party at all. And I'd say that's actually not true. Justin Amash has sent people to the Libertarian Party of Michigan to vote NODA against anyone who would run against him in Congress to make sure that he didn't have any Libertarian competition. So he actually does have some history with the Libertarian Party hamstringing us whenever possible. So now that he has determined that his time with the Republicans is over and he can't get anywhere as a constitutional conservative, which he's been marketing himself as. Now he's going to market himself as a never-Trump libertarian, whatever that is. And I am very interested to see who his VP pick is going to be. Some of the rumors I've heard... Go
0: ahead. I was going to say, we've heard rumors. We don't know if they're true or not. Do you want to address the rumored person?
1: I would like to address the rumored person. So okay. the rumor I've been hearing a few times from a few different sources who are not connected in any real way uh, is that he is considering bringing in Mark Sanford Mark as his Sanford. VP.
0: And I want to remind everybody that Mark Sanford ran for president earlier this year as a member of the GOP, yep. and he lost to Bill Weld. Yeah, Bill yep. Weld made it longer than Mark Sanford. That means the throwaway vice presidential candidate, the literal bar that we judge all of the vice president candidates from here on out, beat Mark Sanford in longevity in the GOP presidential race. And that is who Justin Amash is about to bring over.
1: Right. So, well, that he's rumored. We don't know. He may not bring anyone over. He may bring someone else over. You know, I, I, some people were talking about Thomas Massey. Thomas Massey is a sitting congressman. He has no interest in running in some kind of tilt against the old windmill, uh, tilt at the old windmill run against Donald Trump uh, when he needs sure. Republican support for his reelection.
0: Right. And Kentucky did just change their—they uh, just changed their law back in 2016, saying that you could run for two offices at the same time. You could run for House and Vice President at the same time. Oh, I'm sure, but if you they used to have a law that you couldn't, but he would have to switch parties. And he wouldn't...
2: Oh,
1: he's not going to... Yeah, he's not going to do that. He's He's not not going to do do that. So that's not going to happen. So uh, Justin Amash more than likely going to be bringing in another never-Trump Republican to use the Libertarian Party to run a never-Trump Republican message. Now, let's play a little game here. If you are running a campaign saying that the most important thing is to stop Donald Trump at all costs, that Donald Trump is a unique threat, uh, a uniquely bad threat to our republic and our constitution, anyone thinking strategically is going to say, oh, well, I guess the most important thing is to stop Donald Trump. Well, if you think the most important thing to stop Donald Trump, who are you going to vote for? The one who's most likely to stop Donald Trump. You're not going to vote third party. You're going to vote for Joe Biden because he's the only one that has a shot. This is bad. We have a really great opportunity to spread the message of liberty, actual liberty, not Republican branded liberty, Liberty, actual self-ownership, non-aggression, all the stuff we talk about on this show and on mine. And I, that I talk about on everyone else's shows when I go go on theirs. Real liberty based on property rights and self-ownership, non-aggression, voluntary solutions over coercive ones. This is a terrible, terrible choice to bring in someone who is going to brand us yet again as edgy Republicans who love weed and hate Trump. And that will that will haunt us really poorly. He's not going to get progressive votes because they see him as the guy who voted against making lynching illegal. So he's going to get us nowhere with that. What he's going to do is lose us a lot of people who have worked very hard in this party and have no interest in voting for another Republican. He will get us 15 never Trump, all 15 of the never Trump Republicans left. And that's about including the two of them. So 13 additional never-Trump Republicans who will vote for them. We will probably get Bill Weld's vote. Actually, no, Bill Weld will vote for Biden.
0: Yeah, Bill Weld will vote for Biden. Yeah. Everybody, like, even all the members of the Freedom Caucus, you know, your Rand Pauls, your Mike Lees, your Thomas Massie, they are good friends with Justin. They will toe the party line and vote for Trump. And these are people who have worked close with him and think that a lot of what he is doing is right and good.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) this is a terrible choice. Now from our standpoint, from Vermin and my standpoint, this might actually help us because now we've got, you know, there's a lot of people pushing for that pragmatic vote. Um, so this, this moves a lot of stuff around. I, I don't, I don't really think this hurts us much because our, core of supporters are people who would never really consider voting for justin amash and certainly not consider voting for justin amash if he's signaling with bringing in another never trump republican like a sanford or someone like that that he oh maybe he will pick joe walsh that'll be fun huh uh to signal that he's running a, a, a never trump campaign um and that will you know i i, I think this is interesting The scary part of this is that I don't think for a second that Justin Amash uh, would jump into this race unless he was being given assurances that he was going to win it. Because can you imagine going from being one of the most well-known Liberty Republican congressmen to being someone who got kicked out of your own party, to being someone who couldn't get reelected at your own seat, to being someone who loses a nomination contest in a very small third party? I have to think he's getting assurances. And at the same time that we're being told that there is the possibility that we won't be getting the Corona Convention or a, a, a rescheduled convention, but instead a rump convention where the, uh, the, the top brass with the LNC will get together uh, and totally promise to change the bylaws for an online convention, except there's nothing that actually binds them to do that. They could show up, have a quorum and say, oh, look, the 20 of us or 15 of us or 10 of us that are together are a convention. Hey, let's nominate someone for president. I wonder who we'll pick. So this is bad, bad news. If you want the Libertarian Party to be an organization for promoting individual liberty and property rights and freedom and non-aggression and self-ownership and ending the wars and all of the things that we promote, then going with yet another failed Republican is not the way to do it, especially not the way they would probably have to do it to get him in. So this is... Terrible news.
0: Damn, uh, this, this is absolutely awful. If there is no actual convention, and they do a rum convention, it is dangerous. It's dangerously accurate. What Spike said, like they could just go, okay, we're putting a mash in because that's how we're going to get all of the fringe members. Yep. All of the people who are just, they aren't actual members of the party, but they don't want to vote for somebody who makes them feel the slightest bit uncomfortable? Which um,
1: which makes up such a small group compared to the ones who would want to hear that message. Um, right. I'm sure we could have a situation where you know ten libertarian uh, uh, board members uh, nominate Amash, and Amash goes oh. like that, and then we we have a and then you know we have you know several months of libertarian activists. I mean, I've been doing delegate calls. I can tell you right now, the people who would actually have to be out there promoting this candidacy are going to sit on their thumbs. The vast majority of them are going to sit on their thumbs, reconsider whether they want to even renew their membership and let it play out how it plays out. This is going to be at a time when the campaigning is going to be entirely online. This is terrible. This is a terrible, terrible choice, and if the LNC goes forward with this, if the Libertarian Party goes forward with this, then they will do worse than they did in this last election, and we will have, we will be branded for at least two or three election cycles as just Republicans who love weed and hate Trump, and that's it, and uh, so we will see. It certainly changed a lot of, uh, a lot of the trajectory for a lot of other candidates. For us, not so much, Honestly. Our support's pretty solid and would have nothing to do with Amash. So there are going to be some other people uh, in this campaign who are going to have to change their calculus uh, quite a bit. So we'll see how that goes. Very, very interesting stuff.
0: What's really funny is uh, I put in big news for those who may want to vote third party this November as a joke because it was Jesse Ventura and Mark Cuban and not Justin Amash. And then, of course, two minutes into showtime, he announces... (laughs)
1: Funny stuff. Funny stuff. It's, it's, he's like the Spanish Inquisition when you least expect. You he was going to announce, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, back in February, he was going to announce on Friday, he was going to announce on Monday, and we go, I guess he's not doing it this week. Ah! So we'll see. This is.
3: Unfortunately,
0: uh, Matt only has to consider whether to renew his membership in Georgia.
1: <laughs> That's true. That That's is true. true. But That's I'll tell you something here's the thing again we are being uh we don't have to wait for our membership to lapse to sit on our thumbs and go yeah no you guys have fun you you have fun pushing this campaign because i can tell you right now i've been asked before uh by various delegates and members if i if i would support anyone who gets the nomination i will support a libertarian who gets the nomination justin amash is not a libertarian i won't support that and uh, I will be as vocal as I can be about why I won't support it, why it will fail. Uh, and then when he destroys what, what we've built for the last four, eight, 12 years, however long you want to say, we've been trying to rebuild from Bob Barr and Gary Johnson uh, and, and Bill Weld and, and, and Wayne Allen Root. Like, I mean, we've, can we stop this already? Can we stop putting Republicans at the top of the ticket? Is that possible? Is the fact that they have somewhat deepish access to somewhat deepish pockets, like can we just pretend for an ex for a second that, you know, that we actually are libertarians and that getting some consult fees on the side isn't our, our biggest concern? Like this is just a terrible, terrible thing. It's why according- Go ahead.
0: According to um, according to Tom Arnold, he says it's not a formal announcement, which I just glanced at it, so it's only an exploratory committee. He still can't make up his mind.
1: Yeah, I mean that's sort of how they do it, though. I, 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 mean, it, I, I don't see him forming an exploratory committee and then not doing it. I mean, maybe everybody,
0: everybody find this on Twitter and retweet it to him and tell him to start at the beginning.
1: To to, to Amash, yeah. Everyone everyone retweet this to Amash, and tell him
0: uh, to start whatever the timestamp was, I have no idea.
1: Um, yeah, I couldn't even begin to tell you. But no, I mean, this is, I, what a dumbass move. I, listen, I again, what, what concerns me is that I have a feeling he's only getting in this because he's getting assurances that he doesn't have to compete. Because again, can you imagine if he loses this, oh. how big of a schmuck he's going to look like? Because that's probably what will happen if he actually tries to compete straight up. Like he has his supporters, but there are a lot of people who already have entrenched support that he would need to really get traction. And we've already been, we already have this specter of what happens when we pick failed Republicans and what they do within the next election cycle to go on. So I, uh, I, I don't, you know, if, the, if he truly is thinking this, uh, that, you know, he's just going to, he's, he's going to actually compete for it. I think he's going to be in for a rough, uh, a rude awakening there. I think he's going to be in for a rough ride. I also don't think that's what he's doing. I don't think these DC Beltway people uh, are, are are playing on the up and up. So we'll have to be on the lookout for any potential to, to shove this nonsense down our throats.
0: Agreed. Speaking of nonsense.
1: Speaking of nonsense. uh, Yeah, speaking of coronavirus-related Terror terrors. Uh two women, Matt, were arrested operating an underground business. Is that correct?
0: That is absolutely correct. Anna Isabel Castro Garcia and Brenda Stephanie Mata had been arresting operating prohibited cosmetology businesses from their home.
1: Cosmetology. Prohibited, prohibited. cosmetology.
0: Prohibited cosmetology businesses. From their, from home? their home, yeah. Both women had violated the new COVIDiotic laws.
1: COVIDiotic laws brought to you by the Corona Fuffle,
0: right? COVIDiotic uh, laws, and had been advertising online over the internet using Facebook, Twitter, whatever, Instagram. I don't know, uh, and saying, "Hey, come by, we'll give you a haircut, and we'll do get your nails did for you."
3: Mm. And
0: uh, both women had been reported anonymously through the department's app by a couple of COVID Karens. God. Damn
1: Karens.
0: Karens. Damn we Karens. need to make a
1: graphic for these Karens. Uh,
0: and then in both cases, an undercover officer working on the COVID-19 task force. I'm going to repeat that part. The COVID-19 <laughs> task force enforcement detail. Uh, made contact with each of the women uh, to set up appointments for a cosmetic beauty service that is prohibited under the emergency under the emergency ordinance, and arrested them when they went there to get their hairs cut. Again, keep
1: in mind, we are told that this is all for your safety. For your safety, we are going to arrest you and put you in the back of a police car that a bunch of other people have also been in. And then we're going to take they you to
0: a. Sanitized j- since the nineties.
1: Yeah, it hasn't been sanitized since they got the car. So if you're in a Crown Vic, you're screwed. Because it's probably 20 years old at this point. And then you're being taken to the jail with a bunch of other people who are suspected of having COVID and spreading it. And if you've seen any of the reports that when they start like randomly testing or doing full testing of of prisoners and people in jail, it's through the roof. Like the majority of people have it there. So for your safety, you're being taken to the place where you're most likely to get COVID-19. Which really drives home what they're saying here. Do what we say, or we will infect you. This is not about safety, it's about control. So yep. now meanwhile, in South America,
0: Matt. El Salvador. El Salvador. Is that South America or Central America? I probably should have looked that up before I put that in the notes. Oh man, I think it's Central. <laughs> and it's
1: El Salvador.
0: El Salvador.
1: El Salvador.
0: They're taking an odd approach to curtail violence during this time of COVID, because much like other places, dang, violent crimes have taken a rise in El Salvador uh, by authorizing lethal force against gangs during the crime spree that has arisen. That, that is, you may shoot these people if they are breaking in to your home or stealing from your businesses. You That's, may murder them on site.
1: Well, why... I mean, begging the question, why couldn't they already shoot people who are breaking into their businesses and homes? Also a good point. So, um, uh, so uh, the president of El Salvador, Naib Bukele, Bukele, says the police and armed forces must prioritize safeguarding their lives, those of their companions... And of honest citizens, the use of lethal forces authorized in self-defense or in defense of the lives of Salvadorans. Um, and then they also have ordered members of rival gangs into shared cells in a bid to break up lines of communication between members of the same group and uh, give all of them COVID-19 as well.
0: Not, not only that, but think about that. You're putting members of rival gangs into shared cells.
1: <laughs> to kill each other. They're going to They're gonna all eat. kill each other.
0: It's going to be cage match in every one of them bad boys, and I, in in the article, I think they said that they had made like twelve thousand six hundred arrests, and they were just separating them all into separate, like MS thirteen and MS twelve. I don't know, uh, were like in the same blocks together, and it's just like okay, go at it, do it. Let's just let's just end this now.
1: Yeah, let's put all like I like how they said it too. Uh, We're trying to break up the communication lines uh, between the gangs, so we're going to make sure that we put rival gangs together. You want them all to kill each other. Like, Mm -hmm. let's be very, very clear. Like, Mm -hmm. any gang protocol in prisons involves putting them as far away from each other as you possibly can in order to try to keep them from killing each other. And instead, you're putting them together so they can kill each other. Um and also uh, give each other COVID nineteen, so you have a bunch of COVID nineteen slathered gang members, just absolutely lousy with the stuff, stabbing each other and the blood spraying more than six feet. So so coughing and and aerosolizing it while they cough, and then the stabbing and the blood is going everywhere. And then that I would assume has COVID nineteen in it, and so now that is everywhere social people distancing are, is completely out the window
0: um, people are slipping and falling all over each other
1: yeah it's like yeah. a like a like a, a cartoon thing they're doing the slippy walk and then they fall COVID 19 they got it they got COVID 19 then someone stabs them
0: just in case and then they stand up and they say we're the aristocrats um, <laughs> <laughs> for anybody who didn't get that joke
1: you can't Spike even explain. explain. You can't even. Yeah, you can't even explain but it. Ask
0: Spike to explain that. You here, can't okay. even
1: begin to explain all that. But that is that's funny. Speaking of the aristocrats, <laughs> Joe <laughs> Biden. Oh, what a lead in there. Joe Biden Joe has launched Biden. a podcast. This is a real graphic, folks. Yes. This is a real graphic. I did not make this. If I had. It would have looked like this. Okay. Joe Biden has launched a new podcast for reaching his viewers called Here's the Deal. A, a sentence made famous by the late H. Ross Perot. So I only hope that the the person leading in is like, here's the deal. Here's, here's the, the deal. deal. Can't finish.
0: Here's, here's can't finish, can't can finish, can't finish, can't can finish. Can finish. Can finish. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you want to get me high to a raccoon, you gotta—I don't even know how to. Yeah, I don't that.
1: even remember, but yeah, no, can't finish,
0: can't finish, can't finish, Can I finish, can't finish? Can finish? Can finish? Can finish? Can finish. Here's the deal, see. If we and go through like... with knife, you're gonna hear a great sucking sound. Oh, oh,
3: oh! oh. You know <laughs> you're gonna feel oh. a great sucking sound. Oh. There we go.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> so. He's got a podcast, which is good, because we really needed. Well, I mean, I guess he's at least not a libertarian. Um, <laughs> but so we needed a, we needed another podcast. So, Joe Biden, he has his podcast, which is good, uh, because this will help offset some of the other clips related to him that are online right now. Uh, which is uh, there's one. We had talked before about the fact that there was the possibility of uh, Tara Reid, who has accused um, Joe Biden of sexual assault. Uh, Supposedly, she claimed that her mother had called into Larry King to complain about, to to give kind of a cryptic call asking about who her daughter could reach out to, to get help uh, in a time when
0: outside of the media,
1: outside of the media. And, uh, We didn't know if that existed. And then this came out.
4: We're back. A couple more phone calls on this very important topic. Our guests are former United States Senator Howard Baker, Richard Allen, former National Security Advisor, and Lois Romano of the Washington Post. San Luis Obispo, California. Hello.
5: Yes, hello. Um, I'm wondering what... um, uh, a, a staffer uh, would to do besides go to the press in Washington my daughter has just left there uh, after working for a prominent senator and could not get through with her problems at all and the only thing she could have done was go to the press and she chose not to do it out of respect for him
4: or she had a story to tell but out of respect for the person she worked for she didn't tell it that's true well, now, but these are the people who do come to the Lois Romanos, right? The mm-hmm. staff worker who says, I want to let you know about what's going this on, either going with my, my boss I'm or troubled. the guy down the hall. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of these people have a sense of obligation. They feel that this public official should be accountable if it's something wrong. They're whistleblowers to the press. Exactly. And exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're listening on audio right now, one thank you. <laughs> Yeah,
1: and if, if you are listening, then you're, you're missing out. You're uh, missing out. So we we actually have a... And I, I took a still shot. Oh, wrong thing right there. Uh, that related. is not... Oh, where is it? I didn't take a still shot. So I didn't take a still shot. But basically at the end there, what it shows is that Google Play has deleted that episode from their archives mm-hmm. of the Larry King... Live or whatever it was called
0: Which is very I b- interesting I believe, I believe that that episode was August 11th August 11th Actually I have this still shot here um, It was I think it was August 11th of 1993 um, Real quick August Yeah August 11th 1993 Now it was on there and then it went away It's gone It went away shortly after it was discovered That was the episode that Tara Weed's and Tara Reid has said that, that is, she she's like, yes, that is my mom's voice. Before this, before this aired, she said that my mom called into Larry King. She called him a prominent senator, um, and she kind of cryptically said, talked about what had happened to me. Right, right. The woman so, on the phone, which we can't really say is Tara Reed, Tara Reid's mom. We so can't have, say. It
1: have they not gone to Tara Reid yet to see if she confirms this is her mom
0: or Tara Reid does. Oh, okay. Tara Reid does. But I mean, if you say that my mom called into Larry King and uh, referred to Biden as a prominent Senator. And then in 1993, somebody called in and cryptically said something like that and referred to the Senator in question as a prominent Senator. You're going to say, yes, that's my mom. Yeah, no, that's her. Yeah, that's her. No, it was a
1: different it was a different call. It's uh, a different about that. that.
0: Yeah. Um So, uh Tim Stanley asked, I wonder if it was CNN or Google that deleted it? That was Google. CNN had no ability to delete that.
1: Google is so, deleting from the public record.
0: Google deleted that from public record.
1: A, and and by the way, There's no wild accusation or anything there. It's literally just a video of a woman saying that her daughter had a concern that involved a prominent U.S. senator and didn't bring it up to anyone out of respect for that. That's literally it. There's nothing wild there. We have no idea. We don't know for certain that, that that proves anything. It's very odd that they would remove that.
0: Yeah like it's why would strange, but they, why why did you remove that it makes no sense on why you would do that
1: and especially in this era when we can all find it like it's not as though we can't find that it's it's just it's wild to me that they did that like it's so easy to confirm that that exists we just watched it like we literally just watched it it's on the internet you can't get rid of it
0: time yeah, uh, that it took me to find that video was all of four seconds.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's most of that four seconds was looking for a good copy.
1: Yeah. It's, it is, there is no, the internet is forever. So now all they've done is drawn attention to themselves that they deleted it, which is about the dumbest thing I can think of someone doing. Uh, it's absolutely, what idiocy to do that. So, uh, so yeah, so we have that. And, uh, but this does corroborate the story. Um, we also have additional evidence adding to the evidence uh, against Biden is a woman named Linda LaCasse or Lacase, a former neighbor of Tara Reid. Uh, and uh, she has co- corroborated that Tara told her about the incident when they lived next to each other in the nineties, Matt.
0: Yes. Uh, so LaCasse said that she would sometimes sit on her front stoop, smoking cigarettes after she put her daughter to bed and that Reid would come over and join her occasionally. One of these evenings, they had a conversation about um the alleged assault they were both talking about kind of bad situations that they had been in and they and reed started telling her about the assault lacasse Lucas lacasse i'm not really sure how to pronounce yeah her name, yeah uh, he said we were talking about violent stories because i had a violent situation we just started talking about things and she told me about the senator that she had worked for and he put her or he put his hand up her skirt She was crying. She was upset. And the more she talked about it, the more she started crying. I remember saying that she needed to file a police report. Now, in March of this year, Lynn posted on her Facebook, she posted an article um, detailing Reed's allegations with the message, this is my good friend Tara Reed, who was assaulted by Joe Biden in 1993.
1: This is Lynn who did this.
0: This is, yes. This or Linda, is Lynn. Linda. Linda. Yeah. yeah Linda. 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 Case or Lacasse. She, she is the one who posted this.
1: Now you're probably thinking, oh, she must be some kind of Trump supporting, you know, deplorable that she's trying to hurt Joe Biden. But yet Linda says she acknowledged that coming forward to support an allegation against Biden, uh, quote, may have repercussions for me. Uh, But then she also told Business Insider, she said, I personally am a Democrat, a very strong Democrat, and I'm for Biden regardless, but still I have to come out and say this.
0: Now,
3: Uh.
0: he He got the endorsement of Linda LaCasse. He said, Uh, yeah.
1: So Linda LaCasse says, even though I believe Joe Biden um, sexually assaulted my friend and neighbor... I am
0: still supporting him. Still oh, so. supporting. I am still going to support him. I'm now, still going to support him. Earlier today at three o'clock Eastern, Joe Biden did a uh, online forum to explain how COVID nineteen affected women, with a special guest. <laughs> his special guest also gave him his her endorsement, and that was Hillary Clinton. So. The day after, the day after these allegations seem to gain real steam on uh, the Joe Biden sexual assault case, he gets a woman famous for being a rape and sexual assault apologist mm-hmm. to and show up to talk about how COVID nineteen affects women but completely ignores the sexual assault allegation.
1: And he he was actually expected to address that.
0: He was expected to address it um, and did not.
1: Mm -hmm. And if you look at that, coupled with Google deleting stuff and the general, you know, you're seeing this big divide between the left, the true left, People who right now are saying, I'm voting for Vermin Supreme, unironically. And the progressive Democrat left, center left, the progressive Democrat center left is saying, we have to vote for the rapist because he has better policies and we must stop Donald Trump. The left is saying... Oh no, fuck you. We're not voting for a rapist and we're not voting for someone who's a segregationist who said that his uh, children, he was worried about ending segregation because he didn't want his children to grow up in a racial jungle, racial jungle, the old
0: jungle of race. What was it he said about Seven Elevens? You can't walk into a 7-Eleven oh, without God, speaking yeah. Indian or something. Yeah, you
1: can't you can't you can't no you can't you can't own one or you can't work in one unless you speak with an Indian accent. Like I mean the guy, and that's not the least of his trouble. <laughs> like, this is this is someone who arguably at times makes Donald Trump look like someone with decorum and tact and sensitivity to others. Like this is not this is the if you were trying to get someone to accentuate donald trump's negatives and contrast them with one's own positives the last person you would want to do that with is joe biden old white man can barely form sentences doesn't seem like he's fully there anymore history of sexual assault and allegations of sexual assault actual footage of him being touchy and gropy. in this case with children children stupid things said one after the next racially insensitive and downright bigoted things said one after the next history of supporting bigoted legislation and in his case supporting the war on drugs being the one of the authors of the 94 crime bill which led to the largest uh, uh, incarceration of people of color in human history this is the last person that you would want to put up against donald trump because he actually in some cases makes donald trump look marginally better Whoever came up with Joe Biden for the Democrats is probably behind Justin Amash for the Libertarians. Because it's similar, like, if we all wanted to pick people that would just really help Donald Trump, it's all coming together for him.
0: Yeah, uh, Joe Biden was an awful pick for the Democrats, and it's almost as though they thought all of our young people are just a little bit too young. We need to give them a little bit more time, so let's just throw up the old guy who's been in the party forever. Think think of John McCain or Bob Dole. Yeah, but those were (laughs) – look what happened to them. I mean – But that's what I'm saying is is, Bob Dole, you knew you weren't going to win. John McCain, you knew you weren't going to win. Right. But then why put them (laughs) –
1: (laughs) <laughs> like what? I don't get like it's not they're not a small party that's trying to, you know, grow the message or whatever. Like the whole point is to contest elections and win. I will say uh, uh, Biden against Trump, uh, uh, Romney and McCain against Obama, um, Kerry against Bush, Dole against, uh, uh, against Clinton. Like these are all examples where it kind of sort of feels like. The parties don't really care who wins sometimes. Like, the Democrats don't really care if the Republican wins. The Republicans don't really care if the Democrat wins. And if anything, they sort of want them to win, the other side to win, so they can, like, monetize that by getting more donations from their supporters because they're just so outrageously outraged. I think in this case it's going to blow up in their face. I think if the Libertarian Party actually shows some balls for the once in their damn lives at the at the national level and 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 puts forward someone who is going to actually speak to disaffected voters. This we have the potential to actually grow into maybe even the second party actually being something and having an effect on the culture. That would be nice. A boy can dream. Nightmares are still dreams. You know that, right? Oh no, I know. I
0: know. Uh, But yeah, uh, I mean, with all of that, with it, with Biden, with your bitterness for Amash, um. well, it, it, here's the
1: thing: if Justin Amash said, "I am running as a Libertarian for my congressional seat," I'm not. I, 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 I don't think I would support him in the in the in his trying to get the no, the Libertarian nomination for his seat. Uh, or if he were to run, but, but if he were to get it, or if he were to run for an ind- as an independent for a seat, something like that, hey, listen, he said some good things against Trump, and he's probably one of the more liberty-leaning people in in the legislature, which, which is, to be fair, like, you know, we, we talk about measuring the, you know, which slug had the highest vertical leap, like, I mean, we're, we're very small margins here, but... And so, in that in that crowd, he's you know he's jumping a good quarter inch there, like it's it's solid. We can see it. We can see air under him,
0: and that's good. If, I was going to say, if I ever saw a slug jump a quarter inch, that would probably be the most amazing thing I've ever. That's seen That's what I'm
1: in my saying. Life. He's he's the slug that jumped a quarter inch, right? So it's sure. impressive. So, yeah. but what I will sure. say is, like, so if he were doing that, but to come in and say, yeah, I pay, and was, oh, I'm a lifetime member. Do you know what that means? That means he spent fifteen hundred dollars. That is what gets people's... That is what gets some of the people in LP leadership's nipples hard is $1,500.
0: Bill Weld, who beat Mark Sanford in the GOP... Who beat uh, Mark Sanford? (laughs) Yeah, beat Mark Sanford in the GOP presidential primaries for longevity anyway. Um, Probably got more votes than him too. Um, Didn't look into it. (laughs) Let's look that up actually. I'm certain he did, but... uh, But Bill Weld is a lifetime member of the Libertarian Party. And remember, when he was running for VP, he said, no, I'd vote for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton is not that bad. Hillary Clinton is not that bad. And she is a friend of mine. Yep. He said this while running against her. Yeah. It was not ever about winning it was about trying to make sure donald trump didn't win for him
1: exactly and that's all justin amash is going to be doing is trying the only thing he can do to he knows he can't beat donald trump he can't get his party back he can't win his seat back what he might be able to do in a really close election is get enough votes to joe biden to cost donald trump the election that's the one thing he can do to trump Now, he's not going to be able to do that because he's not going to be enough of a change. He's not going to be able to move the needle enough to do that. But it's the one thing he has even a shot at. And anyone thinks that he has suddenly discovered that the Libertarian Party is his home after years of completely ignoring us, only occasionally to send people to vote none of the above against anyone who would try to run against him to make sure that he didn't have any actual Libertarians running for his seat at the same time as him. That he suddenly is going to be a part of the party and bring us to the promised land. It's all bullshit. He is here to try to hurt Donald Trump. And he doesn't care what happens to this party because he doesn't give a shit about this party. And he doesn't give a shit about you. He never did. That's why he doesn't talk about you. That's why he hasn't even mentioned you until now. This is the equivalent of, you know, a girl lusting after some guy who doesn't give a crap about her, won't even look at her, won't even sniff her way, won't even acknowledge her existence. And after he's been dumped by his girlfriend and gone through his whole, you know, black book of names and, 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 you know, had every single one of them reject him, or it turns out they're married and have kids or whatever, and he has no one else, and he's coming, he, he, sho- sh- you know, stumbles to this girl's house all drunk and says, you know, there was always something special about you. And she's going, oh my gosh, now we're going to get married. This is so obvious. I know. Amash fangirls who right now are probably losing it because they're so happy about what Justin oh. Amash is gonna do. If you can't see this for what it is, I don't know what to tell you. It is so obvious.
0: they and it's just not fan like it it's fanboys, fangirls, fan fan everything for Justin Amash. They're all fangirls. Okay.
1: I'm sure. gendering them.
0: <laughs> I'm gendering Um but yeah, just Justin Amash entering Justin Mash entering this race, in my opinion, is the best thing that can happen for Vermin.
1: In oh, for opinion. Vermin?
0: If yeah. Possibly.
1: I, Do you know I, how I, many people are going to be willing to say, hey, how about fuck you? I'm voting for the... I, you You didn't want the time-traveling wizard with a boot on his head? Oh, Guess who I'm voting for now? Since my candidate that I liked better has been completely wrecked by this.
0: Oh yeah! If they and have re- a, if they have a legit convention, a 100% legit convention, yeah, yep. and the delegates actually get to vote, mm-hmm. then you have an issue where Justin MASH and Jacob Hornberger and. Joe yeah, Jorgensen
1: gonna, and Jim Gray.
0: Yeah, Joe Jorgensen and Jim Gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all going to split that Prague vote, and everybody else who's pissed off is going to. You're going to get people drop. You're going to get people dropping out, and I'm not going to guess on who would be dropping out. Or yeah, it,
1: like it's that. it's really too <laughs> hard to tell at this point. Yeah,
0: because I know most of the people running, and I'm friends with most of the people running, and I'm not rooting against any of them. S- same, uh, same, right. yeah. Not running against a single one of them, but they're all going to start endorsing each other
3: mm-hmm.
0: in order to be like, hey, take your votes and vote for vote for this guy. And yep. whether that is whether that is Kokesh saying, hey, vote for Vermin, or Vermin saying, hey, vote for Kokesh, this could potentially catapult somebody else to the nomination while the Prags are fighting it.
1: There are going to be a lot of people who we were not their first pick who say oh you know what this is what you want to do we're going to give you the last one you wanted and we're going to be like oh. it's going to be absolutely this potentially could be really 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 big if if this is how it's going to play out because again i i am not i am not convinced that uh that he isn't getting in because he's been assured they're going to just hand it to him i'm not convinced that that isn't the case I think there's at least some chance that the uh, LP uh, leadership or some of the LP leadership, I need to be clear because there are some people in LP leadership who are not happy about this at all, but that some people in LP leadership have been giving assurances that uh, they will ramrod him down everyone's throats, in which case, all of a sudden, Vermin Spike looks really good if you don't like that because we are a gigantic fuck you to the people that want to do that. And I don't even dislike those people. Like we we don't hate them or dislike them or anything else. We just represent a attempt to bring the libertarian party back to its roots as a subversive organization whose purpose is to destabilize the state instead of some kind of beltway confab where people can cut their teeth to get consult fees, which is what we were, were not supposed to be. We were supposed to break that machine, not become a part of it. And, uh, I don't know. Things are things are looking interesting, man. Things are looking really, really, looking
0: really interesting. Really Spike, interesting. Uh, my my girlfriend uh, knows this, as does um, as does uh, Spike's wife. But Spike and I had a two hour conversation about all the different scenarios that could possibly happen if yeah. this were to happen. Um, yeah, we. We basically prepped for this show over the course of two hours. I was going
1: to say, the, the fact that you kind of dropped this on me in the last minute really didn't matter because we've already yeah. talked about it. We just are rehashing. Right. We're
0: already rehashing, we were, we were rehashing what we've rehashing been talking about. Conversation from Friday. Yep. Um.
3: <laughs>
1: it's incredible stuff, man. I mean, I already got my name picked out for Mark Sanford and everything. So it's perfect. Perfect
3: timing.
0: I hope to God you do that. <laughs> I hope to God you do. That. I'm
1: doing it. I don't care. What am I going to do? What? Listen. At this point, our entire campaign is going to be, "Hey, you want to make sure the Libertarian Party never even considers doing something like this again? Guess who you need to vote for for that." So anyway, speaking here are some speaking of wonder things that are good. Matt,
0: things that are good during this time of pandemics and
1: Corona fuffles,
0: fuffles cure cure
1: fuffles and all these other various terrible things. Here's something that here's something that's good. And that's the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law anchor call in moment where we go through some of the
0: we we do not pander on this show.
1: (laughs) We do not. I will never pander to you on this show. So, the problem now is that I don't know, because they got rid of the dates.
0: Uh, it is, hang on a second. I, I went through and I started deleting earlier. Okay. Um. Well, we is, have one
1: here from noted top fan Sarah Ann Andereg, so I know that one's new. One, two, three, four.
0: The top... Four. I thought we had more but apparently I thought that uh, Mr. Hicks left us two
1: We there, there are two here
0: from Matt Hicks
1: yeah two from Matt and then one from Chris one from Sarah and then is the one after that
0: we have two from we have two from Chris uh, three from Chris all together one from Sarah and then I thought we had two from Matt Hicks
1: we do yeah I see two from Matt Two, two, three. Okay, all right. I think, I think I know which ones we're doing. So, anyway, here we start with the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor Colin moment.
5: Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your AOC millennial minute. We've got um, an election right around the corner. Joe Biden, the uh, presumptive nominee, and. Um I would love to get thoughts from the gentleman at Muddied Waters Media as to number one, who do you think Joe Biden will pick as his running mate? Um and number two, which might be different or might not, who do you think he should? Pick as his writing mate. There's lots of names that have been out there. I put out Kamala Harris over a year ago, I think, um, and you guys said no to that um, about a year ago, I want to say. Uh, Michelle Obama, Klobuchar. There's so many possibilities. So um, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. Thanks.
1: I feel like that might be one he already we already played. Is it not?
0: No, that was that one was yesterday.
1: Oh, that was yesterday. Okay, cool. So I, first of all, I'm happy to hear Chris out there driving his car, got yeah. the blinker on and all that, not stuck <laughs> not, at home not anymore.
0: not quarantined anymore. Not That's,
1: quarantined anymore. Yeah. I'm liking it. I'm liking the the, the newly remobilized uh, Chris Reynolds there. Um, right. So who will he pick and who should he pick? That was the question, correct? Yes.
0: Huh. Now he will pick, this is a 100% guarantee, he will pick someone who will never, ever, ever bring up The allegations of sexual misconduct or sexual assault about them. They will just not ever bring that up once, and it will be a woman.
1: He has said he is nominating a progressive woman of color. Now, there's nothing legally binding there, but I think if he didn't didn't pick.
0: Yeah, he did. He said a progressive,
1: progressive woman of color.
0: No, he said no. It was recommended that he picks a progressive women of co- women of color. He said he was looking for somebody to have the Biden effect, so that he has a good rapport. Okay, I don't believe he said that.
1: I am almost positive because that, that I'm, in I, I'm almost positive that I, in, AOC, the, in Go ahead,
0: AOC said that he needed to pick a progressive woman of color.
1: See, I thought in in the last debate. With uh, Bernie, when they asked him, he said he pledged that he would.
0: He said he would pick a woman. Oh. Bernie said that he would pick a progressive woman and probably a progressive woman of color. Oh, Biden so it's definitely going to be a, a woman,
1: woman, but it might not definitely. be a woman of color and or progressive.
0: Right, and that's actually really smart on his part because, like, the odds are he's picking Kamala Harris, which is yeah. a terrible choice. <laughs> Bad. Just bad. Bad and, choice. And not for the reasons that most people are thinking. It's not because uh, she threw a lot of black people in jail for doing something that she later admitted to have do- having done uh, five years before it was kind of possible for her to have done it.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, people but, forgive politicians who lie about stuff.
0: Right. But it's not because it's not because of that. It's nope. because... She is a staunch Democrat, which of course he's going to pick a staunch Democrat, but yep. from California. You don't need somebody to deliver California. You're getting California. You need to look for the Midwest and the South. So that is why Kamala Harris may be the right pick, and the right pick is in that's the one he's going to go with. Yeah. But it's yeah. terrible because. Your Amy Klobuchar, your Stacey Abrams, your Gretchen Whitmer, or your, oh, I forget the girl's name from Florida that I'm blanking on right now. Those four picks would be so much better than Kamala Harris because you want somebody to be able to to deliver the Midwest. You want somebody to be able to deliver the South. You need somebody to deliver Florida. Who's the one in Florida? I can't remember her name now and i live here and i feel kind of bad about that
1: i i'm completely blanking i'm sure i know who you're talking about but i can't even can think of who it would be anyway uh yeah so i think it's probably going to be kamala harris kamala harris cop cop mala harris uh who is again just a terror kamala harris is what non-progressive boomer democrats want a woman of color to be a cop tough on crime, you know, doesn't care about identity politics. Like, they want that.
0: Val Demings. Val Demings.
1: Val Demings? Yep. How do I not know a person?
0: Yeah. She, her name has been coming up a lot recently. I've never Um, seen this person. Val Demings. Yeah, Val Demings. And she would be a... I don't know if she's progressive, but she's definitely a person of color and a female. So, Two so out of what, those three. So what I would go with...
1: So I do think he's going to pick Katmala uh, or possibly Amy Klobuchar. Possibly. What I think he should do if he were not a stupid person, which I believe he actually kind of is. Oh. Uh, I think that he should pick... Um, Either Stacey Abrams, who is a progressive woman of color in the South, who came very close to winning an election, uh, actually came pretty close to, to, to an election in Georgia um, against the governor who also was in control of the uh, election. Actually, he at the time, he was the head of the election commission, uh, or he was the attorney general. or So, I mean, he or no, secretary, whatever he was, he was actually in control of the elections. So it's not, there's no proof that he did anything wrong or anything like that that I know of. But the bottom line is she came close in Georgia. Um, She could deliver, she could fire up uh, voters of color and in the South, which he absolutely needs uh, if he thinks he has a chance in hell of winning this. Um, The other play, which would be really weird and I don't know if it would work, but I kind of think it might be his best chance, is Bernie Sanders. I know he said he'd pick a woman. Bernie Sanders might deliver a lot of progressive votes for him.
0: He he would. He would, but... It's a
1: tough one, because I'm, I'm watching it happen on... I'm watching it happen on Twitter. The most strong supporters of Bernie Sanders are abandoning him because he endorsed Biden. They were sure he wasn't going to endorse Biden, even though he endorsed Clinton and already said he would support whoever got the nomination. They were utterly shocked to discover that he actually did that. If he ran as Biden's VP, it's tough whether they'd say he's selling out even more or if they'd say, see, he's helping take over from the inside or something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bold move.
0: That is a, bold, especially after you say publicly that you are going to pick a woman. Pick
1: a woman. Yeah. It is a bold, there is a tremendous amount of risk and a tremendous amount of reward. I don't think Joe Biden plays that kind of, that kind of, uh, 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 those kind of, um, uh, high, no, he- high, high risk, high reward stuff. I think he, uh, probably is going to go with, Kamala Harris and if he were going to go with another safe choice that would probably be better for him it would be Stacey Abrams or Val Demings apparently
0: who I think in all honesty I think that um I think he's gonna go with somebody midwest like I think Gretchen Whitmer has been even though she's like I don't want to be VP uh I think that she has been campaigning so hard during this entire covidiotic Scenario that's been playing that's the governor
1: out. of Michigan, right?
0: And Amy ah. Klobuchar, uh, I think either one of those would help deliver the Midwest, and I think I, either one, either one of them would be them or Stacey Abrams.
1: Yeah, hey, you're going Stacey one way or another. Yeah, you're going Midwest or South. R- yeah, Midwest Rust, Rust Belt, or you're going for Southern Black. Like you, you have to, you, you know, unless you find some like magic hybrid person who is a black person from the South who's in the Midwest, right, currently. Like, that's that's not... Uh, from the available people, you're looking at Klobuchar and Abrams is probably the smartest choices. Or that Bernie Sanders, which could go either way. That could either be a huge... That could actually either pull out the wind for him or wreck things for him. And I really don't know which it would do. But I think the safer choice would be uh Abrams or Klobuchar which means he's going to go with Harris
0: (laughs) that's that's actually really I mean that's fair that is so fair that is a fair assessment
1: because it would be a good idea for him not to go with Harris he's going to go with Harris and again as we've said I think this is our third episode where we're saying this let's look at the trajectory here who's going to come out to vote during a pandemic The people who think it's either a joke or a hoax or that it's overblown. Those are Donald Trump supporters. The ones that are going to stay home are the ones who are going to say, we have to hashtag stay at home. We have to hashtag flatten the curve. We have to hashtag uh, report our neighbors to the police. And we're not that big on Biden anyway. This isn't Bernie Sanders. This isn't Stacey Abrams. This isn't someone we can get excited about. It's Joe Biden. I'm not getting COVID-19 for Joe Biden. Let's go even further on that. Where I live, which is Trump country, we could have a social distancing uh, election day here because it's relatively, we're not rural, we're kind of suburban, but we could stay six or more feet away from each other. They could wipe down the, the machinery every time someone new comes into it. That is all very feasible to do here. It would take longer, but it could absolutely be done. You can't do that in New York City or Houston or Los Angeles or Milwaukee or uh, 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 Minneapolis or Atlanta or all of those majors that the whole basically all of the Northern Virginia and the Beltway area, DC, Chicago, you can't, Boston, you can't do that there. And those are the areas. If you look at most states, if the, if the major urban areas, the major metropolitan areas don't deliver masses of votes for Democrats, the Republicans would win those states. Illinois, California, uh, Washington, um, Oregon, not so much. Florida. Florida only becomes blue if Miami turns out heavily and, and, the, and, and the other major city centers turn out heavily. Um, Boston uh, with Massachusetts. Most of Massachusetts is red. Most of New England's red. It's just the major population centers in those areas, except New, for Vermont.
0: New, I mean, New York, same same thing.
1: New York is, you know, the reason New York pulls it out the way it does is because one out of every what, four New Yorkers lives in New York City, or one out of every three New Yorkers or something like that lives in New York City. But guess what? If they can't vote, and the ones that can are scared, except for the ones who think the whole thing's a hoax. This could be a very, very big election for me in Vermont Spring. Um so that is, you know, what we're facing there. So let's uh we're probably answering all these different questions now. All right, here's the next one from Chris.
5: Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your sports segment. We haven't had a whole lot of sports recently, and we've been blessed um, over the last few weeks with this. Jordan documentary, the, uh, the Last Dance. And I wanted to get your guys' take on kind of what you, your biggest takeaways from the documentary have been so far. Uh, was it that um, Isaiah Thomas is, was a big wimp? Is it that uh, that Scotty Pippen was underpaid? Uh, was it that the uh, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill is probably the best university ever? Um, or is it that Dennis Rodman was, um, an amazing diplomat with, uh, Kim Jong-un? Um, so I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Thanks.
1: That was a very odd multiple choice. Um, so I actually haven't seen this yet, but it is on my list of things to see. So I'm going to let Matt take this away because I I am actually planning on seeing this.
0: I, I also haven't seen it, um... Uh I also haven't seen it. Uh, all I can say is that North uh, UNC Chapel Hill is not the best university of all time. Um, there's one in that same city that is much, 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 much better. Um, oh, Duke? Yeah.
1: Oh, are you doing that thing? Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, as for everything else, I have to wait till I see the documentary, so I can't really answer any questions. And did they really bring up Dennis Rodman in North Korea in this documentary? That's interesting. That's yeah, Now interesting. I'm kind of more interested in watching it than I was two minutes ago.
1: <laughs> I do plan on seeing it. Um, I did a salsa thing uh, one time in Chapel Hill, and that was very enjoyable. So I'm glad we could help you on that question. Here is the next one from someone who isn't a personal injury attorney, but is one of our personal favorites and a top fan.
4: Hi, super fan Sarah Ann Anderig here. I've never left one of these before, so this is interesting. But I was wondering what you guys thought
0: about Donald Trump possibly forcing meat factories to stay open. Um, Obviously, I think it's a terrible idea, but I was wondering your thoughts. Mainly because is that something he can actually do? I wasn't sure if he actually could force them to stay in business and operate regardless of whatever the safety concern might be or how great the risk might be. Um, Bonus points. If you have any fun and creative ideas on getting rid of taxes, that's just a little bit of a
4: side thing because I'm still really bitter about learning how much is being withheld from the federal withholding on my W-2.
1: Anyway, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Well, first of all, Matt's the one that collects all the bonus points, so I'll I'll let him do that one. But, um, regarding uh, your original question uh, about 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 it's just it's a you know, it's a gyp, right? But so the uh, regarding the the question about uh, Trump possibly threatening and telling the meat pa- stores meat uh, factories they have to open, he probably, uh, with this Congress and with this Supreme Court, he can probably use like the Defense Act and call it a national emergency. That for you know, you know national emergency re- reasons, that you know our food supply has to stay open. But I mean, imagine the optics of telling meat f- packing factories that are like absolutely swimming with COVID in some places that they need to stay open and continue delivering meat, keeping in mind that. It's so far. It seems like COVID nineteen does not the 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 virus does not live long on um does not live long on uh, organic material like meat, flesh, stuff like that. Like it's it's it it doesn't. It appears not to live long, but you never know. Uh, That might not be the case with all types of meat. There is also the fact that it's packaged in plastic and shipped in cardboard which means in some cases it can live for a few days. Oh, and it has to be kept cold, refrigerated, or frozen, which means it can live, if it's refrigerated, it can live for m- weeks or even months. And if it's frozen, it can live possibly indefinitely uh, until it's thawed out and, and you know hops on you or whatever. So I, I think that uh, obviously terrible idea. He could probably get away with it. Obvious violation of... of you know the the rights of those business businesses to decide whether to stay open or not but uh yeah i also think that it would look terrible and i say that as someone who recognizes that there's a potential problem with food supply if a bunch of meat factories and a bunch of farms close i'll tell you one thing that really isn't helping when he shut down immigration who do you think picks the fruit and the vegetables you think the people who are making unemployment plus 600 bucks right now are going to give up on that so they can go out into the hot fields and pick strawberries for you? That wasn't a good idea, huh? Let me let Matt score some of those bonus points
0: on the Honestly, taxes. Honestly, the uh, best way to start getting rid of taxes is stop voting for the duopoly and vote third party unless it's Jim Gray or Justin Amash. Probably Joe Jorgensen. The screen that keeps flashing up and down is probably one of your best bets. Either that or the man who either that or the man who gave me this hat. <laughs> oh.
1: So yeah, I know. Dan would be great. Uh, t- seriously, Dan, uh if just on that one issue is probably one of your best choices just for that issue. Right. And just I think that that
0: is... Dan is your best.
1: Yeah, and let's be clear, and Dan will probably oh yeah. There we go.
0: Hey, that's a a nice window you got there.
1: That's the side of my room there. Um, Let me say that, hey, hey, guys. Let me say that, uh, and I'm sure Dan, knowing Dan, he's going to see this and put it on his website as an endorsement of him, which it is not, but he will (laughs) cut that part out. uh, That even though I am Vermin Supreme's running mate, uh, we could do a lot worse than Dan Vermin if he did, in fact, get it instead of Vermin. I can't wait to see how he edits this to make it look like I endorsed him. Probably won't I be can. very hard at
0: all. I can if he pays me enough, I'll do it for him.
1: <laughs> you won't have to. He's good at it. He's good at editing. Um so I will say that he would do a terrific job in that regard. Not an endorsement. But love him would do a well, great job.
0: Great, great guy. Great, great guy. guy. And if he gets the nomination, I have zero doubt in my mind that I would vote for
1: him. None whatsoever. I would, if Dan Berman is on the ticket, either as president with me as VP or someone else's VP or Vermin with him as VP or whatever, I would wholeheartedly and enthusiastically endorse and support that ticket. Zero reservation.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Zero reservation.
0: The the easiest way to even begin to think about getting rid of it is to stop voting Republican and Democrat because... They need that money to pay for their little passion projects.
1: Exactly. That is worth like a hundred bonus points.
0: Put a note in your phone about that. Put put a note um. in put a
1: note in your phone about the about the old the old bonus points. I don't know how those are divvied out. Uh, y'all have to work that out, but I I do yeah. think that's worth about a hundred, give or take. Here is our next question. Oh, and thank you for that. From First-time question from superfan, noted superfan, Sarah Anderegg,
5: Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds here with your McConnell Minute. Recently, we've had um, some statements um, by Mitch McConnell um, having to do with state bankruptcy, uh, which is... I guess somewhat of a newer concept. Um, and I am not an expert on this by any stretch, but, um, traditionally, when a sovereign is running out of money, they've got multiple options. They can, um, you know, inject more currency into the system to save them. Um, they can potentially, um, just write off debts if they want to as the sovereign. There's a whole bunch of different things, but, uh, McConnell right now is going for this state bankruptcy thing, which has lots of consequences to it. And I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Thanks.
1: Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go?
0: I've so I've read a little bit about state bankruptcy, and I didn't Detroit declare bankruptcy. A Detroit declared
1: ago? bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. I think that if a state declares bankruptcy, then all of the money that was taken to, that got them into the debt needs to be returned as part of the bankruptcy. Yeah. And that's sales tax, property tax. That's all of it. And if a state is declaring bankruptcy, the money, the taxpayers need to be refunded because you have now screwed up their lives in so many different ways. And then you're just saying, well, none of that matters.
1: Yep.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, I haven't looked all that much into it on the legality of it or how that would work, but I would not just right out the jump. It's not something I'm in support of.
1: So, I am in support of the elimination of all government debt, and here's why. Government should not be running up debt in people's names. I don't like the idea of bankruptcy because it implies some kind of structured settlement of some kind. Uh, I support total abolishment across the board of government debt, including debt owed to the government, Uh, tax debt, so called tax liabilities. Uh, student loans, anything that you owe to the government, you should know. And anything that the government has run up in your name should end completely. There are some negative side effects of this for the government and for large banks who have spent a fortune on bonds as a, as a stabilizer. I think long-term everything works out a lot better. And I think that it also, you know, they say it sets a dangerous precedent. Yeah. Don't borrow money don't lend money to the government. That's the that's the dangerous precedent. A, don't lend money to the government. Now, here's the thing. We talk a lot about China. China, we owe a lot of debt to China. We haven't been... China has been collecting on its debt for quite a while. The vast majority of debt in the federal... In the national debt is the Federal Reserve printing out banknotes in giant skids of $1,000 bills and immediately buying treasury bonds with it. It is the Federal Reserve lending money to the federal government. Well, let the Federal Reserve collect on that then from the people who signed off on it. And if they can't pay it, go
0: ahead. So the issue that I have is you have a lot of private companies that work to get government jobs Mm -hmm. who aren't going to get paid on it.
1: That is also true, yes.
0: And the private company should be able to go after them for it, at least at the, at the bears minimums to get that money. But they would just then be taking it from the taxpayers. Again. That's the
1: problem. That's the problem with any of this stuff is that it perpetuates a cycle because it same similar thing with like social security, Medicare, that kind of Medicaid and that kind. Of, it's like, well, it's not fair that I don't get that. It's not, but it's not fair that someone else is being robbed for you to get it. And the longer it goes on, the more robbery is taking place. So it is, you know, I am not someone that proposes snap your fingers and Medicare and Social Security because there are people that like absolutely rely on that. And I think before you do that, you get rid of the barriers to entry or you get rid of the barriers that... that are making it so that they're having to do that in the first place. Same thing with the welfare state. I think long before you start talking about cutting welfare programs, you talk about getting rid of the barriers to entry, the occupational licensing, the requirements for degrees, uh, student loans, things like that, that are putting them in that generational poverty so that eventually they don't even need it. They, they walk right out of, of, that, of that welfare state. And then, yes, you can cut it because it's not really needed anymore. Uh, in this case, we are talking about the vast majority of bondholders are the Federal Reserve, foreign governments, state governments, large banks, large corporations. That's like the lion's share. Are there some small uh, uh, investors who have some bonds? Yeah, but overall, largely it is held by
0: you're more talking about like federal debt as opposed to state debt.
1: Yes. I want to get rid of the federal debt too.
0: No, I get, I get that. I get, I Yes. But (laughs) like most of the state debt is going to be looking at, uh, pensions for teachers, uh, other government, state government employees, um, that have been, building up and in order to get rid of this debt, you're going to have to get rid of all of these things which
3: no i don't care Uh... yeah that's what
1: i'm saying so so again it's 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 an ugly way of doing i didn't say it was pretty and there's probably a better way to do it but it also is a clean break and it kind of forces it's not gonna it's also not gonna happen like i mean let's you know that was the
0: Scott Walker I, thing. Right? You're asking me what's that? That was the Scott Walker thing when he got recalled.
1: What was that? That he wanted to get rid of the state debt?
0: No, that he needed to rework the pensions so they wouldn't go into like massive, massive debt. And they were like, no. And he's yeah. like, well, I'm gonna do it anyway. And then he got recalled and won.
1: Yeah. And that and that's the thing. So I mean it's probably better to be, you know, fiscally more responsible for the states, but Speaking to the moral question of whether the state should be running up debt in your name, no, they shouldn't. Um, and, it, and it creates these sect, entire classes of people who rely on that, which pits people against each other. Instead of allowing the market to seek out the things that it needs, uh, education, healthcare, housing, those types of things, you create a situation where people are being robbed, and some of them, including the people who are robbed, and put in a position of needing it, are now relying on those things. So it's best to get rid of it. Um is there a best stepping way to do that, you know, a step plan to do that? Sure, but overall the goal should be eliminating the idea of government of any form, local, state, your school district getting bonds, whatever, of running up debt in your name. It's a, it's it's taxes with interest. So, it's a So let's not do that. Let's cut that out. All right. Um, and then we have two from Matt Hicks. Here's the first one.
2: Good evening, gentlemen. This is Matt Hicks calling on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney call in line. My question for you this evening is who wore the outfit better, Reb Brown in You're the Hunter from the Future or Arnold Schwarzenegger in? Conan the Barbarian. And go.
1: Your. Your. Easily your.
0: Matt? So I only saw Conan. Your. I'm going to pull up your. I was going to say, I can't, I can't, I cannot uh, comment on this because I've only seen Conan. I haven't seen the other one. Let's Uh, see if there's a. So. I, uh, I cannot make. A qualified judgment on this. Let me see
1: if I can find a nice picture. I
0: don't even know what he was talking about.
1: You're the hunter from the future. Hold on. I'll see what I can find. Yeah. I mean, it's so your is the hunter from the future is one of the greatest movies ever. Actually. Um, And uh, I know this because a a certain Matt Hicks, uh, as an endorsement gift to me, um, sent me a limited edition Blu-ray disc of your The Hunter from the Future. And uh, it is an absolutely just beautiful, beautiful work. There he is right there, your Hunter of the Future. Um, okay,
3: so
0: we these are not the same. These are not the same outfits. That looks like that is, and it's tough to tell, but that looks like it is all cloth. I would think that that is all cloth. Very Star Wars esque on the uh, on the poster there, but uh, Thor he had leather. He had a leather belt around it with a leather cod piece and some metal there and uh place to put his sword and his uh and his knife. Where that is just a cloth diaper. No functionality. Your were better.
1: So I'm glad we were able to clear that up. Um, here is Matt's second question, Matt
2: Hicks. Gentlemen, it's Matt Hicks again on the Chris Reynolds Personal Injury Attorney call-in line. Uh, follow-up question to my previous question. In a perfect world, Spike and Matt have the the entire array of everyone on the planet at their disposal. Who would you like to see in the next sort of post-apocalyptic... Uh, Caveman. Fantasy sci fi caveman movie where the lead action hero is walking around wearing a fur mankini and go.
1: Reb Brown. Reb Brown.
0: Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. No Nathan question. Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Nathan Fillion. That, that would be my choice. For that Chris oh Reynolds God, is The guy Keanu. from
1: Firefly?
0: In yeah. Castle? That yeah, that guy. <sighs> Over Reb Brown? Over Reb Brown, yes. Chris Reynolds is saying Keanu. Maybe Patrick Swayze. I don't know when that one came in. Well, out.
1: Patrick Swayze's dead, but I also...
0: I did, well, that would make it all that more impressive.
1: That is true. I'll tell you what, if we can get Patrick Swayze... Motivated enough to do this thing I'll change my, my vote there Uh, I would take Keanu over Castle But you read Brown oh,
0: Sarah Anderich says sorry. Wow, not your man crush No, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would not be able to pull off that rule Ew Don't you me What? Joseph Gordon-Levitt
1: Huh God Oh my lord.
0: He's not like my man crush, like I want to hook up with him. He's my like man crush, in I want to hang out with him more than anybody else on the face of the planet. The he, he, even He's what, like a fucking dude.
1: You'd rather hang out with the kid from Third Rock from the Sun than me. Oh no, I guess you Yeah, that's probably better.
0: <laughs> yeah, the guy from Batman. Oh, he was in Looper too. He was in Looper. Yeah. And he's been in every Ryan, uh, oh, God, what's that guy's name? The guy that did in Last Jedi. No, not Last Jedi. Yes, Last Jedi.
1: Ridley? Mm-hmm. Ridley Scott.
0: No, it's, what? Ridley Scott? Yeah. That's Blade Damn. Runner, bro.
1: Well, wait, who am I thinking of?
0: I don't know ryan johnson he's been in every ryan johnson movie and uh if you haven't seen brick you should check it out because that movie was so good
1: yeah i liked brick but i also i i will say that um i'd rather ring out hang out with uh, joseph gordon levin than myself too
0: yeah i've hung out with you i know what that's like
1: yeah no it's nice but i wasn't in third yeah. rock from the sun that's true. You know who Literally. I'd like to hang out with is... um.
0: Oh, yes, of course. John Lithgow. Oh, yeah. No, that'd be a... That'd be way better. That would be a blast to That's hang That's my man with.
1: crush now. For now. <laughs> him and Red Brown. Can you imagine him and Red Brown? I'd watch that.
0: Let's uh, let's see if we can we can get that together. Let's see if we can talk to our producer friends and see if we can get talk to our
1: producer people and see if we can get a Reb Brown John Lithgow
0: Lithgow project buddy cop
1: pick that no one asked for, but I would I everyone deserves it. And if you don't watch Reb Brown and John Lithgow in a buddy cop flick, then screw you. So, speaking of screw you, we had a situation over at uh, Wesleyan University, over there in uh, Connecticut.
0: Nope. No. Nope? Indiana.
1: Oh, that one. <laughs> Not the main one.
0: Yeah, no, the one in Indiana. I'm
1: still using this graphic, don't care. Yeah, that's fine. This could be Indiana, I don't care.
0: I did, I did not know that uh, that was not the Indiana one. So, This yeah, is, whatever. it
1: is, well, I don't know what you're talking about. This is the Indiana campus of uh, Wesleyan University. Those are three three uh, Hoosiers down there at the bottom.
0: So the <laughs> the names in this story are not real. They are made up uh, in order to protect the fine students of Wesleyan University in, uh, in Indiana. Indiana Wesleyan University.
1: Indiana Wesleyan University, pictured here okay.
0: in Indiana. Right. Um, <sighs> Who? But yeah. Uh, so John, John, he had a penchant for getting seizures. Some of them would make him. Yeah, a pension. A pension.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pen- Did you not read these notes? <laughs> he didn't.
1: He didn't. I didn't see the pension part.
0: He had a pension for getting. He had seizures. a
1: pension. He yes. wouldn't stop getting those seizures.
0: No, nope, he would not. <laughs> that was why he was put on medication that made him <laughs> immunocompromised. Mm. Now, that part of the story is kind of a throwaway until later but it's very important that you remember that okay for later um so john and amy were enrolled uh were enrolled at wesleyan
1: wesleyan university
0: and they had an encounter oh dear depending on when you ask will depend on what happened at said encounter But because of this encounter, John will not be graduating from Indiana Wesleyan University. Pictured here. (laughs) Um, He was expelled for sexual misconduct, for a sexual misconduct complaint filed by Amy. Uh, Now, John, unhappy with this decision, with with these events that have transpired, he has a uh, penchant decided-
1: for not liking this.
0: He does. He has a penchant for not liking being expelled for sexual misconduct, yeah. for Joe Bidening up the place. Um, he is suing Indiana Wesleyan University <laughs> for breach of contract and infliction of emotional distress, like uh, a lot of others who believe that this is something that happens often where. A sexual misconduct, sexual assault or rape charge happens on campus and somebody gets expelled because of it. Right. Oftentimes done without any trial or true investigation. And somebody just is the just
1: strength expelled. of the accusation is yeah. enough to get them kicked out. Yeah.
0: Right. So they sue he is suing Indiana Wesleyan University uh, because they violated principles of basic fairness in the Title IX sexual misconduct. I do I Adu- adjudication. Adu- Thank you. <laughs> adjudication. <laughs> Sexual misconduct adjudication. However... At Westland. At Westland. However, John is doing something that most don't do. He is also suing Amy. Um, Amy didn't only accuse John, and I'm going to say this also... This part comes into question later. Amy didn't just accuse John of sexual misconduct. She told her professor that he had given her HIV. (laughs) The school never told John about that portion of the allegations. Oh. And, And it wasn't until his lawyers discovered it that he was uh, forced to take a trip to be tested for HIV in the midst of the pandemic in California where he was immunocompromised and you were not supposed to leave your house
1: that holy crap
0: his tests for HIV were negative
1: meaning he did not give her HIV
0: he did not give her HIV
1: at Indiana Wesleyan University
0: at Indiana Wesleyan University now, as to their relationship, according to both of them, they engaged in amorous activity throughout the month of October, having sexual intercourse on one singular occasion. Oh. Now, Wesleyan is a private Christian school, and you are not allowed to have sex with anybody outside of marriage whilst being there and they have very strict curfew laws. Amy was getting in trouble for breaking curfew often. And one time, according to John, one time she broke curfew, came over, snuck up a rope ladder and into his room where they watched movies with his roommate. When his roommate went to bed They had sex. If you just play that over and over again, it might sound like he's doing that, and that would be really uncomfortable for everybody.
1: (laughs) I didn't say Um, I won't do it.
0: I know. Um, Amy, on Monday... Mm -hmm. Actually, no. Um, was,
1: was this Monday yesterday? Was this a hashtag Monday motivation, hashtag Monday thought, hashtag Monday
0: morning?
3: No. Oh, okay.
0: Um, Chris Reynolds says, I feel like you're intentionally associating my face with sexual misconduct allegations. Oh, with
1: this? No, I was just holding it up. Sorry.
0: Um, I forgot. I was just not,
1: was <laughs> not fully there.
0: So after the night where they had sex... Amy hung out with them. He and his roommate the next day, they texted a bunch regular, normal stuff that would happen after a night of...
1: Not being raped.
0: Not being raped. Uh, But then on Monday, Amy changed her story. And she Uh, told one of her friends that she had been raped by John. Her friend had it, has a mother as most do
1: most people uh, do have
0: yeah, mothers yeah. but her mother worked at indiana wesley university so the friend went to the mom the mom then went and talked to uh school officials um went to talk to school officials and they called in amy they called in amy and she filed a former formal complaint So, I'm not saying that this didn't happen. I'm not saying that John is telling the truth. What I'm saying is that they never told John about the HIV.
1: Well, They also didn't, again, with these Title IX investigations they don't really give you a chance to defend yourself much. I mean, each school is a little bit different, but it's pretty, it's based on you were accused. And so you just get expelled. Like it's a, it's a, a bad process. Like there is, is there is no due process at all. Now as a private organization, they can do that, but it still sucks.
0: Right. Now what makes this story even more interesting as if it's not interesting enough. And it, as spike says sucks um the day that the dean found out about the hiv allegation was the day he suspended john
1: so they didn't even they They literally just got the allegation
3: right
0: they and that is that is one of the theories amy however Claims she never told the professor that she tested positive for HIV.
1: She's saying she didn't tell anyone this?
0: She's saying that she never told the professor this. And the professor turned in a report about what Amy had told her, saying that she said that John gave her HIV. Amy's saying, that's not what I said. I've never said that. john isn't in school anymore uh his lawyers are hoping he can resume classes uh and get his degree in the university and they want the university to make reputational repair and i don't know if john caught covid being immunocompromised and going out during this time period but right now you have a situation where two people had a night i'm not laying blame on john and i'm not saying that Amy is lying. I'm not doing he could have raped her, her or that. it could
1: have been consensual, we don't know.
0: Right. What you have is a school that failed to inform somebody that he may be infected with HIV. And you also have a school where a teacher may or may not have lied in order to ensure that somebody was kicked out of school. Now, if if Amy is lying, because she didn't want to get in trouble for breaking right. curfew. Right. If she is lying, you have to believe that she told the teacher. If Amy is not lying, you have to think that the teacher did this intentionally.
1: Yeah. Because it's possible she lied about the rape and the HIV part and is and is now saying, oh, I never said that. But if she's telling the truth,
0: the teacher is.
3: There's
1: no reason
0: she would have lied about that. No reason to, yeah, exactly. There's no reason to lie about the HIV.
1: So either she's just a terrible liar all the way around, or she was raped, and more than likely the teacher lied to make sure that he got kicked out even sooner or to justify kicking him out.
0: The way I see it is either Amy has told three lies. It was, I was raped, I was raped, Uh, he gave me HIV, I never told her that. All three of those would be lies. Or, Amy told one truth, I lied, and the teacher ran with the rest.
1: God. So now he's suing her or the school?
0: He's suing both. Good. He is suing both, because...
1: Good assuming that this is fake, like that, you know, if she if she lied, right. it's good that he's suing. Yeah,
0: right. And her hanging out with him the next few days afterwards. And I understand that you're we're going to get people who are saying, well, you know, people deal free from these things differently. And I get it. And it's I true. It's true. It's I true. It. I get it. It's true. But if she lied. She should be sued. Especially for reputational repair for telling people he had HIV.
1: Yeah. Cause that's they, worse. That's he's he's not only a rapist, but he's a rapist who's infecting people with a, a fatal disease. Like that's yeah. And we don't and we don't know if he got COVID.
3: mm
0: No. Could not find if he got COVID or not. Immunocompromised at
1: a hospital. Why couldn't they test him for HIV like
0: they didn't outpatient? know? They didn't know. It wasn't until the lawyers found out of, oh. about it. Then it was part of the discovery. And then they said, hey, you need to go get tested for this because if you don't have it, you didn't do this.
1: Oh, yeah. The fact that he doesn't have HIV lends itself to the idea that the whole thing's made up. Oh, okay. Right.
0: But then she's saying, I never told her that, which brings into question the entire story, which still helps him. It still helps him.
1: Because at the very least, it shows that he didn't get any anything resembling process and that he was actually railroaded, if nothing else. So, I mean, either way, it's looking better for him.
0: Right. God. And, you know, if his name was Biden, the media would not cover this at all. Kira, uh,
1: at all. Yeah. She would have been kicked out for accusing him.
0: Yeah. But it's and, and it's interesting because Title Nine has these issues. There was a story on U.S. – USC, uh, Southern California, mm-hmm. uh, and a member of the football team and a member of the guys' football team and a member of the female—I don't remember what sport she played. Um, they were dating, and they had a penchant for rough sex. Um, they enjoyed—they enjoyed it a little on the rough side. Neither one oh. of them filed. Neither one of them filed a complaint. Somebody overheard. <laughs> one of their sex sessions filed a complaint.
1: Oh, assumed it was rape because it was so rough?
0: Yeah. Assumed it was rape. Gosh. Both of them said that's not what happened. He got kicked kicked out of school and wasn't allowed to finish his uh, senior year as the kicker of the team. And she was saying that it wasn't rape? That's not what that was. That's not what that was. The school told her she couldn't talk about it. Yeah. That part of the Title IX uh, restrictions is you aren't allowed to talk about it to the media or to other. Or to the staff that's seeing through. Oh, my Lord. Title IX has so many issues where they don't actually do any investigation. They just get the allegation and people get kicked out. And this hurts people on both sides. Oh, of course. Right. I'm not trying to red pill anybody here. No, 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 What is happening What is happening with the Title IX is that people are getting kicked out of school based on allegations and they aren't being able to prove their innocence. If all of this was brought to a non-partial investigative board, John would be in school finishing. Yeah. And even if they said, okay, maybe he did do this, that teacher would be fired. And that teacher is not fired.
1: What a mess. What a mess, Indiana Wesleyan University, which is what this is right here in this picture in Indiana. Those three, in, those six, in, well, eight Indians in this picture. Hoosiers. <laughs> That's what they call them in, in Indiana. That is... What a freaking nightmare!
0: Yeah, that that's what a when nightmare. I did the research on that story. At first, I was like, "Ah, eh, I'm not going to report on this." But then I kept reading, and I was like, "This just has so many different layers. I just want everybody to hear it."
1: Yeah, that because is. I don't.
0: I honestly don't know who to believe in this story.
3: I don't. And I don't it, either. I've
0: only, I've only been able to read John's. He I've only read, read John's. He could have raped her. He could have. He could have absolutely
1: raped her. And not and, 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 and in like a date rapey way where she was kind of confused about the whole thing and still hung out and then realized afterwards that this wasn't like that. she Because, I mean, that does happen. People are coerced. They try to convince themselves it was something else. And then finally, finally, they're like, you know what? I didn't consent to this. I was raped. So it's not necessarily like a like brutal, like in the movies,
0: like ah, I'm going to rape
1: you, like, in you know, like a, a violent rape thing, but like a like a coerced rape thing where they where they realized, you know, hours or days later that, you know, this was rape. It wasn't whatever I've been trying to rationalize it as being. Uh, that could have happened. Um, it could have been completely consensual. And she said that in order to not get in trouble uh, for, you know, having sex at a school where you're not allowed to, which is still a thing, apparently. Uh, and then in addition to that, someone else may have lied about the HIV or she might have lied.
0: Someone she, lied. Yeah, somebody lied. Someone lied because he's it. negative. Right. He doesn't have it.
1: Which helps his overall case because. So there's a potential that he actually raped her and the whole thing's going to get swept over because the teacher, in their zeal, lied about it, about the HIV. Yep. Which casts doubt on the whole rape part. Right. What a freaking nightmare that is!
0: Or there's, there is equally the chance that nothing bad happened. She didn't want to get in trouble, and she lied about all, of it. and yeah. she has just been lying to cover her ass ever since. Equally, equally good chances. I'm not saying which one is true. What I'm saying is Title Nine uh, does not actually protect people.
1: No, no, no. Title IX is terrible. There's a major, major problem, and it needs reforming, and if this is how it plays out. And I've heard other terrible stories. Uh, There was a guy who was accused of rape. I don't even remember where, but he was accused of rape. He was not allowed to say who accused him. He did not have sex with anyone. He hadn't had sex with anyone. He hadn't kissed anyone. He hadn't done... I want to say it was in New York. I, th- I want to say Syracuse, but I'm, I may be making that up. He hadn't kissed anyone. He hadn't touched anyone. He hadn't had sex with anyone. He had gotten drunk a couple times, but not nearly drunk enough to do something that he didn't remember. He was accused of rape. He was not allowed to face his accuser or even be told who it was. His He was railroaded through the questioning process because he kept saying, I have no idea what y-. they would say what happened in, in, in the night in question. What night? We can't tell you where we can't tell you. I have nothing to say because I didn't do anything, and they right. kicked him out for not cooperating. And that, based on his non-cooperation, they they assumed that he did it, and he had a successful lawsuit, uh, or I don't know if it was successful, but he sued the uh, he sued the the uh, the college because you did something. No, I didn't. Well, when, when, who says I did it and when, when did it happen and what happened? We can't tell you any of that. Tell us what happened. Nothing. I didn't do anything. You're not cooperating. You're out of here. How is that anything even resembling due process? So that is a terrible thing, but we're going to end on something that's not a terrible thing. And that is the weekly Muddy Waters of Freedom Vermin Spike 2020 campaign update. And boy, do we have a campaign update for you, Matt, just for you just for you. Let's talk about what happened. So we've had some incredible stuff happen. Uh, Vermin has been on countless appearances this week. I can't even count all of them. That's There's that countless. Uh, but yeah, among yeah. those, what's that?
0: He's been all over my feed.
1: He does like two or three appearances a day. He is all over the place. He is absolutely killing it. And by killing it, I mean, we are in the Libertarian Party presidential recruitment contest, uh, where all of the presidential... Uh, candidates are recruiting are basically trying to recruit people to join the libertarian party using a their own specific link so they can track who who they're, which candidate they're joining for and uh, we are two days away from this contest ending and vermin Supreme at this point we are just flexing on them
0: I that would be this vermin- ended a couple of days ago what's that I thought this ended a couple of days ago
1: so it was we thought it ended on the 20th but there was some confusion. Uh, Facebook only lets you create an event that's 20 days long, and so it ended. It ended on the 20th, but it actually ends on the. It was actually at the end of the month, but we, uh, yeah, like, not even close. Like more than everyone else combined, and something like three times higher than anyone else. That's how we did. That's how we did. That's how we do. You know, when people say we're destroying the party. And driving people away, that this is actually what we're doing, um, and that's in one month. And so, another thing that happened was uh, vermin was on a huge debate uh, a couple days ago, uh, actually on Friday, I believe. the The system is down. Presidential debate with I believe all of the uh, pre Amash contestants there, and uh, and also at the end of that,
0: what, at th- is that. I like how Jim Gray just has a number.
1: Yes, he yeah, featuring 169566. <laughs> um he was there. Um and so oh also a special someone. So after the debate was over, they did sort of a debate after party uh where oh, because
0: Ken Blevins was there. Yeah, Ken
1: Ble- Kenny Blevins was there. Yeah,
0: Kenny Blevins killing the game. Was watching earlier today. Shout out to Ken Blevins.
1: Oh, we love Ken. We absolutely love Kenny. Um, we love a lot of people on this. Um, and so anyway, so at the end, uh, a special someone tuned in to give the final remarks, give a little, uh, benediction at the end there. I did not know they were going to ask me if I'd like to attend, but I did. And I gave a rousing speech. And as a result... Well, as a result of Vermin's performance, not necessarily my rousing speech, although I have to think I helped. Vermin Supreme uh, leading at last count in the post-debate poll of who people thought won the debate. Vermin Supreme, uh, I believe it was at last count, 844 to 250-something, 230-something, two something uh, for Adam Kokesh. Um, 30 or 40-something for Jacob Hornberger, 20-something uh, for Duncan Lemp, who was killed uh, by the police uh, in his home, and then 15 or 17 or something like that for Harambe, who also was killed by the police in his home. Your boy VP Spike here uh, did some additional appearances uh over the week. Uh last week I was on Drunken Disorderly Podcast. I was on the uh Taxationist Theft Podcast with our good friend Dan Berman, right? Mm-hmm. Boop. And then I was also uh last night I was on Be Free with Anthony Welty, who is uh hopefully Washington State's next insurance commissioner. So we uh so we've been killing it. And then uh I have also been on I don't even know how many Zoom calls and Skype calls, and individual phone calls with delegates and functionaries. I spend between 8 and 12 hours talking. And as a result, because when I talk, when I talk, I tend to... Is this going to come up? No? Nope. Anyway, I walked 17,000 steps today. Or hey. just just over 8.5 miles as I was talking.
0: I I did that? What's that? Oh, man, I only did like 8,000 steps. Today.
1: Yeah, I've been d- well over eleven and 12,000 steps for quite some time. Uh,
0: yeah, the day that we talked for two hours, outside of me driving places, I was pacing around frantically. As was I. I did not check my steps that day.
1: Yeah. I don't sit very well. It's a wonder that I can do these shows and stay uh, focused. I think that you know all these graphics and stuff help oh. uh, to keep me concentrated. But I, uh, I uh, when anybody I'm usually
0: listening, anybody listening on their favorite podcasting, they have no to, idea, they have no clue. They
1: go, "What's that noise?" and they don't that, get it. That
0: is a, the creepiest noise ever. De- oh.
1: Definitely check this out on YouTube because you're 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 missing a few, a few, a few funny things that are happening. But so. Yeah, we've been killing it. This Justin Amash thing, I think Matt nailed it. I think this helps us. I think a. If you look at, the, in my mind, there are four camps of varying sizes within the Libertarian Party, and I'm speaking very broadly. I, I may be missing one, uh, but I, I may I may be right or wrong. Uh, so one of those camps is the Prague camp, the you know the Justin Amashes, the Joe Jorgensen's, people like that. The the Prags. Then you've got your uh, paleo-libertarians, Mises Caucus people, um, and this would be Jacob Hornberger and and people like that. Then you've got the uh, libertarian-socialist-slash-audacious caucus people who are backing me, which is just backing me. Uh, They're backing Vermin and me. That we We solidly have that camp. And then we've got the radical camp, which was sort of the Kim Ruff... Uh, I guess Dan Berman camp, which is increasingly moving towards us, because they're seeing the writing on the wall that if they don't want a, prag, a yet another Prague takeover, we are the best pick. So at this point, it has really been in my mind. And again, I'm, I'm this is my opinion. This is not official campaign. This is just my personal opinion, and I think probably Matt's as well, but he can speak for himself. Uh, I think that this up until now has been a race between Vermin. Jacob Hornberger and Joe Jorgensen. After Lincoln Chafee dropped out, now previous to this with the introduction of Judge Jim Gray, this became a race between Jim Gray, Joe Jorgensen, Jacob Hornberger, and Vermont Supreme. Jim Gray and, and Joe basically sharing the Prag uh uh the Prag vote, and not really taking much out of the Prags outside of the Prags. With Justin Amash coming in, I'm pretty sure Joe's done, and I'm pretty sure I would not be surprised if Jim is done. I think he'll fight. I think both of the, I think both Jim Gray and Joe Jorgensen will fight.
0: It, Jim's got an issue because he recently came out for UBI and um, uh, fair tax, fair tax, the, the fair tax, fair and,
1: and and it was a little waffly on ending the war on drugs. He just kept saying he'd like to. And you know, legalize marijuana, which is great. And he actually, as a judge, was was good on 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 the war on drugs, and has been a good okay, so advocate.
0: He's been he's been a good advocate like, been, on it. Which he's been, he's been a great advocate for the war.
1: He's been a great advocate for the war on drugs. So it was kind of weird. But I that's I, a weird
0: way to put that. He he's a great advocate for the war on drugs
1: for, against the war on drugs. And I will say he's been he has been a solid advocate against the war on drugs. So I yes. would I would I I, I think. It's possible that 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 was misread and that he really is... And I say this as someone that's competing against his running mate, Larry Sharp. I I think he's solid on the war on drugs. I'm concerned about Fair Tax and UBI. I think that... We, as libertarians, should be saying that all taxation is theft, and more importantly, explaining how, if government is to exist, how it can function without taxation. The things that are needed have a demand if they have a demand, then they can be then people can pay for those things. We, as libertarians need to completely abandon these Republican and Democrat ideas and go forward on a completely new divergent way of doing business and i think that it's people are attracted to boldness and fearlessness they are not attracted to half measure stuff and scared pool when you have when you are presenting yourself as a third party you are inviting people to vote for a candidate and a party that is likely to lose so if you give them instead of giving them a you know a bold strategy that's completely different than anyone else is presenting if you don't present the republicrats as a unique individual monolithic bad that needs to be done away with and yourself whatever your party is in this case the libertarians as a completely new departure from anything they've done before and a completely different direction for society if you aren't doing that if you're presenting yourself as kind of the best parts of the republicans and the democrats and fiscally conservative and socially liberal and all that stuff here's what you're presenting the voters with two choices one the Republicans and Democrats, who they usually vote for, who don't really represent them and, you know, aren't really doing a great job and and, and and aren't really that good, but they're likely to win. One of them is likely to win. Or two, this new party that's exciting and sexy and kind of better, a little bit better, a little bit better than the other parties, but has almost no chance of winning. They're not going to vote for you that's how you get 1% of the vote or 2% or 3%. That's 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 how you don't get even 5%, much less the 35 or 40% that you need to actually win most elections in a three-way race. So what's
0: that? You only need
1: 33 <laughs> to be to safely win, especially if you're doing an electoral college type thing, you have to be getting at least 35% to, to really make sure that you're that you're getting, you know, a, enough of the electoral vote, especially if the congress that has to sign off on that electoral right. vote is made up of people that aren't your party. Like almost 100% yeah, you know, cuz maybe some well, even the, the libertarians if if libertarians got elected on that cycle, they wouldn't be sitting in congress at that point. So right. yeah, no you need to get at least 35 or 40% as a third party to be taken seriously and and, and actually be seen as winning that election. You have to be bold. So Justin Amash coming in, I think ends Joe Jorgensen, is going to really be competing for with Jim Gray for the Prague votes, is really going to be competing with Jacob for the, 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 the Paleolib Mises Caucus votes, and I don't think, I think this is going to push a bunch of radicals our way. And I think that it, I, I don't think we're going to lose votes. I think we're going to gain votes from this. So I do think I this helps. Her.
0: I don't see Justin Amash entering the, the the race. I don't see that as a way to take votes away from Berman. I see it hurting pretty much everybody else, not so much uh, Kokesh, who has his own following. And then, yeah, not going yeah
1: Kokesh it. has his own thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. And Dan Berman, I don't see it hurting him. Uh, John Mons. I like John. He's a super I like nice John. guy. I like but John. I don't know anything that John is. Like, he's not an online guy. And this year, you need to be an online guy in order to, in to uh, campaign. Um, but so your Joe Jorgensen's, your Jim Gray, uh, Jacob Hornberger, pretty much anybody else. Like, those are the, the only ones that are names. Sorry, Ken. I love you. Uh, you're a great guy. Who? Ken uh, Armstrong? Ken? Uh, Ken Blevins? Ken uh, Blevins?
1: Ken? Ar- let me let me say something about Ken Armstrong. If I were a prag or a constitutionalist, I would go wherever Ken Armstrong. I would follow wherever he went. I think he is one of the kindest, smartest, yes, most personable, most uh 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 uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for? He's just an incredible person and speaks his policies very well. Has an incredible presence. He's a big guy, booming voice. If he were a radical, like... Like I said, if I were a constitutionalist, I'd follow Ken wherever he led. I, I absolutely love Ken Armstrong. I've told him that. Uh, I have told him I would like to. I would be happy to do door knocking stuff side by side with him. Do college stuff side by side. I also like to radicalize him. Is really what I'm trying to do. But I, 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 w- I would love to radicalize Ken a little bit. And uh, I, I like him. I absolutely love him. And I, I hate that he hasn't caught more traction. But I think that I am glad that he is tremendous integrity. I I have nothing but good things to say about Ken Armstrong. I like Kenny. I like Kenny Belevins. I like there. It's, it's tough because you know, I'm running in someone in a, in a campaign where I'm trying to get that person to win and myself to win. But we have some incredible people
0: in this race. There are so many great. There are so many real libertarians running who are also really good people.
1: Like in addition to being good libertarians, they're also very good people. I like Larry. I like Larry Sharp. I like Larry too. Yeah. I like no, Larry. Pretty- we have a big disagreement on the strategy for this party and what works best for the party. And the, the delegates are going to make their choice based on what they think is going to be best. But I don't dislike Larry. I like Larry. Um, you know, I, I, so I mean it's 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 this is the part that's that's sad because there's some incredible people in this race. Um I hope we can all kind of unify behind the idea that Justin Amash. Oh my back, Justin Amash has no real place here not not jumping in like this. if he joined the party, became a part of the libertarian culture, got into our ideas, helped us at the electoral level in terms of support and stuff like that, and then wanted to run for something in the future then i I think that a lot of minds would change. You can't do this this is this is bullshit, you can't do this, and uh so but we'll see, I do think it helps vermin though I'm not gonna lie,
0: yeah uh tim stanley asked about the link to that debate uh if you can throw that into the show notes if you have it
1: oh sure um hold on
0: and then john liberty says nice lids need one of those myself john you can get these at taxation theft dot cards
1: dot cards yeah
0: That's cards uh that, that is where you can pick up these sweet sweet lids All right,
1: here, um, is, here is the debate. Um, I'm going to put it on Facebook, because on just the Facebook, because it's the, well, I guess I'll put it
0: on. Yeah, just on, put it on
1: everything. I'll, I'll put it on everything, because it, I'll say the. S-
0: the liber- so the Libertarian presidential debate is shaping up to be one of the more exciting finishes, because there is so much that could happen. Yeah. Especially with a MASH entering. Yeah. Now there's also the chance that a mash comes in And he wins And he will say He's going to give the same speech That Gary Johnson gave back in 2016 Where it's like, if you want to get your 5% Or you want to have a shot at this Because I don't think he'll say 5% I think that he'll say If you want to have a chance at winning this thing we Which need is, yeah Right, which He's going to say, we, we need to have somebody Here with me that has Uh, The experience necessary and blah, blah, whatever. Yeah, And we heard it. We heard it in 2016 with Gary Johnson. We heard it back then and Bill Weld went out and he was an embarrassment. And continues continues to be an embarrassment. And continues to be. But arguably, he was a bigger embarrassment to Gary Johnson's Aleppo moment. Oh, easily.
1: Uh, Gary Johnson's Aleppo moment was... He should have been more well versed about foreign affairs, but at the He's, same time, here's what people don't remember about that. And I'm not a huge uh, uh, a, a huge uh, uh, Gary Johnson fan. Let me say that I didn't even vote for Gary Johnson because he was too praggy for me. But here's what I want to say about Gary Johnson. He went into that, into that town, forum or whatever you want to call it, where he was basically being ganged up on by the entire crew of either MSNBC or CNN or whatever it was. There were like a ton of reporters, a ton ton of different people there asking him questions. And someone said, you know, well, what about Aleppo? Not Aleppo Syria, but what about Aleppo? And so the man said, I'm sorry, what is Aleppo? What is Aleppo? Yeah, what is Aleppo? So they told him. And he immediately gave a, a good answer about that we need to be getting out of this stuff. Like, like, it's, it was, it's but, but they kept focusing. What is Aleppo? God forbid anyone watching this has ever had a moment where they didn't know something. And I mean, I had a moment today. What do you think about the Jordan documentary? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I mean, it happens. Like, these things happen where you forget what something is or you just haven't heard a specific name. I know that Aleppo was in the news and it was a big thing. And yeah, he probably should have known it. Maybe he didn't just forgot. But Bill Weld consciously and intentionally refusing to do libertarian debate. I've spoken with people who are state chairs and regional reps during that time. Bill Weld would do nothing with libertarians. He would not help with anything After he got that nomination, he would go on national news a handful of times to vouch for Hillary Clinton. That's all he did. That's literally all he did. And then he would go back to his home in either Rhode Island or Massachusetts
0: or wherever he lives now. Oh, well, yeah, he's from Massachusetts, he's from Massachusetts,
1: but I want to say he lives in Rhode. I believe. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, And that's what you're like. Oh God. Especially if it's Mark Sanford, if it's Mark Sanford, but the Libertarian Party better, 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 if they, if they, if they select Amash, they better have the testicles to stand up and say, you're not getting Mark Sanford. You are picking a Libertarian. You are not picking this guy.
1: If they go with Amash, they're going to go with whoever Amash tells them to go with.
0: You're right. If they say,
1: OK, fine, we'll go with Amash, but we have to pair him with a solid not just a prag, like a solid libertarian to offset this. And I'm not even saying it has to be me or anything like that. If they say, you know, Jacob Hornberger or Vermin or uh, make Kim Ruff be his VP, you know, or, or something.
0: I like that would pay for an Amash Supreme ticket. <laughs> <laughs> an Amash Supreme ticket? Oh my God. Oh, that was amazing. That almost worth it. That that would be. You got Justin Amash out there talking about how, <laughs> basically, how much he hates Trump, and you know we're going to end the wars and whatever. Hey and then kids! You got,
3: hey! Kids. Oh
1: man! What are you
0: name your pony. And,
1: <laughs> That's good, actually. I think that would be
0: amazing to see.
1: I don't know who among those two would be more. So initially, I don't know who would be more bitter about that pairing, Vermin or Justin. I know who would be at the end. I know who would be more upset about that at the end.
0: I don't think Vermin would be upset about it.
1: No, I I think Vermin would cease to be upset about it.
0: Yeah, I think Vermin would be like, I think that there'd be a little bit of bitterness right at the beginning, but then he'd be like, well, I still get to do my thing. I still get to get my voice out there because I'm not going to kowtow to this. At all. I'm still going to do my message At and all. Justin's just going to be on television. And like, completely ignore Your vice presidential candidate, Vermin Supreme wears a boot on his head and he's talking uh, about killing baby Hitler. And yeah.
1: Yeah. And, then, and when they ask Vermin about Justin, he's like, who? And like, yeah. just goes back to doing his whole thing. Oh man. Almost worth it. Almost worth it. Almost, Almost worth it. But but if they if they did go with Amash, they better damn well pair him with a serious libertarian, but they're not going to. They're going to go with whoever he tells them to. God, what a terrible choice. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, This and- is exactly what I got. I got into this race because I thought that Vermin presented a unique opportunity for us to expanded the, the LP to two generations of disaffected, disillusioned voters who this system have completely left behind and also reach out to the nearly half of eligible voters who don't vote. I thought that this was an incredible opportunity to give all of those people a gigantic reset button slash no confidence vote uh, with a, a, a sympathetic character that they can love and get behind who can, and we call it boot pilling them, who can find out more about libertarianism just because they're so intrigued by him as the character. He presents an incredible outsized opportunity that I think we'd be foolish to ignore. If the delegates decide I'm wrong and that we need to go a more serious route, then my next thing is, okay, fine. Whoever it is, vermin or whoever, it needs to be an actual libertarian. And that I mean, oh my Lord.
0: And you have a lot of people that are some of them are members of the party and they're, you know, they're out there doing the work they're going door to door for their candidates. And to that I respect them. I respect yep. them. I have done that. I know yep. how difficult that is. That is a very, very difficult thing to do when you're sitting there and you're knocking on doors and you're saying, Hey, come and vote for my guy. And they're saying, well, no, I don't want to vote against whatever. Now I get that. And you don't want to have to go out and try to, push somebody that you may see as an embarrassment. I get that, but you have a bunch of other people. I'm not talking about the people who are doing this, who are doing the door to door. I'm talking about the other people. The people who are libertarians on Reddit. The libertarians in the yep. libertarian groups on Facebook. The the people who are conservatives or democrats that, you know, say they're say they're liberal or libertarian, sorry, that say they're libertarian But when push comes to shove, they will vote defensively in November. They are the people who are saying the libertarians need to run somebody serious. The libertarians are the ones that they need to run somebody serious. You can't run a Joe candidate. Otherwise, you're not going to. And they are the reason that Gary Johnson didn't get 5%. They are the reason Bob Barr. Well, no, Bob Barr was the reason Bob Barr didn't get 5%. Never mind. Don't Don't blame them for Bob Barr. But they are the ones that will vote defensively in november and they are the ones who are saying you need to run a serious candidate but when it push comes to shove they are going to vote for the candidate that will keep trump or biden out of office
1: right so breaking news as of how long ago was this two hours ago i guess right before right after the show started craig bowden vp candidate Has dropped out and endorsed me. Which I was not expecting. I'm just seeing all these people liking something that I was tagged in, and I glance on over, and it's Craig Bowden has dropped out and endorsed me. Craig, thank you for your endorsement and your vote of confidence. You are an incredible inspiration to me. You're one of my favorite people in the party. Uh, I was happy to have you in the race and to have you. Uh, we actually talk quite a bit. We talk probably a, a few times a week, uh, almost every day. And uh, you are a friend. And uh, I know that you will continue some great work in uh, in Utah and for the Libertarian Party. And I will be there, uh, if not physically, then in spirit. And hopefully physically soon, once we're allowed to leave our houses and Roam about the cabin again. Uh, I will uh, be certain to uh, to to be there for you for any uh, endeavors and ventures that you have. Thank you. That is very humbling, and I very much appreciate it.
0: So. So.
1: So there's that. That happened.
0: That S- definitely. Yeah, that McAfee.
1: definitely happened. So it is. Yeah. It's it's me, and Larry
0: Sharp. Isn't McAfee?
1: Oh, and Mac. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me and La- Ma- uh, Larry Sharp and John McAfee, who is also running
0: still for president. I forgot Biden face. Who? Biden face. Craig Bowden just endorsed you. You need to give the bow- the Biden Oh,
1: God. Oh, uh, cra- uh, uh, here you, you uh, read. It. Can you do you see the post? Uh,
0: I have decided that now is not the time to run to be nominated as vice president. As humbled as I felt being asked to run. The mechanics simply aren't in place for me at this point in my life. As such, I will be endorsing Spike Cohen to be nominated. Oh. My work in the Liberty Movement and the Libertarian Party will continue elsewhere. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Craig. That does mean a lot. Um,
0: so, if you happen to be online. If you happen you are-
1: to be on the internet. Oh, uh, well, first, so let's talk about what we're doing. So, tomorrow uh, on the Money Water, or on My Fellow Americans, which is my show, I am having a special guest. Desiree Lindsay, who is the campaign manager for uh, Vermin Supreme. Uh, She's coming on to talk about the campaign. Oh, she's also the national chair of the Libertarian Party Psychedelic Caucus. We will absolutely be talking about that. We are going to be talking a lot about psychedelics. Absolutely. Straight up talking a lot about psychedelics. And uh, we will um, be talking about the campaign that I I, I was just endorsed uh, by Craig Bowden. And uh, then on Thursday... I will be on the Ask a Libertarian. Yes, I will be on Ask a Libertarian podcast, uh, seven p.m. Uh, Ask a Libertarian, and then on Friday I will be on two things. The, uh... oh well, these are both. What well, so if you're in the Libertarian Party of Delaware, uh, then you can see me on the L... me and Vermin on the LP Delaware. Uh, Zoom meetup uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern and then uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, I will be on the Libertarian Party of Indiana happy hour Zoom call, which I think is open to the public, but I'm not positive of that. So I'll be on that. And then on Saturday, I will be uh, at 8 p.m. I will be on the Whiskey region, Libertarian Party of the Whiskey region of Tennessee. Zoom call with uh, uh, featuring John Mons, Paige Sexton, and Tom Arnold, and Dave Jones. I'll be on that. And then on, I know there's something I'm missing here, but there's something I'm doing on Monday as well, but I can't remember and I don't have it on here. But I'm definitely going to be doing that. And then tune in right back here, Tuesday, probably at 8 Eastern, for the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I ish where Matt Wright and I will parse through the week's events like the sweet little men the the it is it's the it's not summer yet the spring the spring the springy boys the little springy boys that we are Matt if someone were to look for us on the internet is that possible
0: and if so how you know, it is possible You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash media. You can find us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. You can find us on float at F-L-O-T-E dot dot A-P-P, float.app slash media. You can find us on Anchor if you just like hearing sweet, sultry, dulcet tones, dulcet tones, at anchor.fm slash muddied waters. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash muddied waters media. You can find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash muddied media if you use their website as opposed to at muddied waters media. Or you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash muddied waters media. Or, oh, or you can find this and every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com.
1: You can also find us on TikTok, but we haven't actually done anything there. And probably won't.
0: We probably should, though. We probably should. I think I'm following one person on TikTok. Yeah. Just vermin. (laughs) Yeah,
1: We're literally just following vermin. We created an account just to follow vermin. Uh, So you can check us out there, following vermin. Uh, You can see all the times we've hearted vermin. Um, So yeah, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we will see you next week. I'll Actually, I'll see you tomorrow. Better see you tomorrow. Desiree Lindsay. And where we're going, we don't need roads.
4: Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. Supernatural heat wave straight out of hell. And you'll never be back. We're also testing disinfectants readily available. We've tested bleach. We've tested isopropyl alcohol. I can tell you that bleach will kill the virus in five minutes. And that's with no manipulation. So suppose we hit the body. I see the disinfectant. Suppose we hit the body. with tremendous ultraviolet. Suppose we hit the body. I see the disinfectant. Suppose we hit the body. with tremendous ultraviolet. We're leading the way. In so many different ways Supposing you brought the light inside the body In some other ways As we continue to develop potential therapies I see the disinfectant I see the disinfectant I think people are gonna know You're gonna know I'm gonna know I think people are gonna know You're gonna know I'm gonna know I think people are gonna know I see the disinfectant This whole curse This whole plague And is there a way We can do something like that? Injection Supposedly hit the body I see the disinfectant Supposedly hit the body With tremendous ultraviolet Supposedly hit the body I see the disinfectant Supposedly hit the body we tremendous ultraviolet as we continue our battle against the virus the data in fact suggests that we're making great progress we tremendous ultraviolet to the invisible enemy and then i said supposing you brought the light inside the body and then i see the disinfectant ultraviolet through the skin and it's working very well we're a big deal we will end this plague and then i see the disinfectant i see the disinfectant that's really powerful we hit the body i see the disinfectant suppose we hit the body we tremendous
3: ultraviolet suppose we hit the body i see the disinfectant supposedly hit the body with tremendous ultraviolet.